This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. Could you win? Uh, he was at one, and possibly. Unlikely, but... <laughs> he didn't win the game. And I'm Scumbag Schofield. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to your ears by ManorDeprived.com, home of Canadian magic. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mines they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. KYT. Anything that costs a shit ton of mana, you're just like, bang! And they're like, fuck. How does that go? Bang! Fuck. <laughs> Jay Boosh. And that's like the hyper angle. I never want to play in another GP again. I, want to, I never, ever want to play in another GP. Jeremy. And you're the reason I play Magic to I'm like, I just like, I died. I died. I was like, like just melting on the inside like that. I have inspired this kid to play Magic. And Matt. So I did in fact win the damn pizza. So you can tell Jay, he should, he should chip in. And now... The hey everyone, welcome to episode 268. This is KYT, starting this episode abruptly. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. <laughs> I am sick. And I am tired, so we are both minus one, minus one until the end of this turn. Okay, is J plus three plus three? Oh my god, I wish. I had to train the new guy at work, and the new guy is a fucking moron. Oh, and 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 I have to drive an hour to work every day and back, and I have to carpool with him because we both live near each other. Oh, yeah. so Sorry. I'm like minus X. I'm like minus seven. <laughs> hey, no offense though, that if you're carpooling and you're not driving, at least you're not getting fucking distracted driving tickets. Well, I mean, unfortunately, I am driving, which means oh, that I well, then you're just car. fucked. How yeah, did I'm you like, get sucked into that? Right? I'm, like, spending my gas to let I, like, drive this guy into a fucking head-on. Seriously? How did you get that fucked? Never drive. That's, that's the rule. That's Never drive. Yeah, I, should just, I should just go pop my tires right now. Let's go slash my tires. Don't worry. The way <laughs> the world is working against you, someone will do it for you. That's true. So I'll just have to wait. And the fucking damn wiener kids are back. They're jumping on the trampoline all night. The wiener kids? Yeah, the, like the neighbor kids, the wiener kids. Their trampoline is like 80 feet tall, and my fence is only like 6 feet tall, so these fucking wiener kids are jumping up there all the time, and they're all like looking at our fucking yard and shit. Fucking wiener kids. <laughs> oh my god. You're like 60 now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Fucking neighbor kids. Fucking neighbor kids. Also, you know what? You want to know why? Like, update for everybody out there. Don't live your life like this. If you're like this, this is your intervention. If you're not like this, then you know, intervene against everybody else that is like this. The reason that the new guy sucks 
looks so bad, among other things, there's many reasons, but among other things, he's a fucking one-upper. So if Ooh, you know, oh, you know a one-upper, you know them right away, you're like, oh, how's it going? Like, oh, it's going pretty good. And then they're like, I'm doing better. Or like, oh, how was your weekend? Like, oh, it was okay. I went to a bachelor party. Man, I went to like the best bachelor Six party. Six bachelor parties. Yeah. Let me tell you about them before you even finish your story. So, <laughs> so this is the first, first time I meet this guy. The first time I meet this guy, my boss is talking to him and like explaining to him how I've kind of had a shitty week. And he's like, oh, this is Jay. And I'm like, hey. And then he's like, what's going on, Jay? And I'm like, oh, not a whole lot. Uh, what's going on with you? And then he's like, not much. Did you lock your keys in your... He's like, I see you saw your, your, wow. uh, you got your truck here. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, I managed to get them uh, the keys out of there. And then the guy, the new guy's like, oh, you locked your keys in the car? And then my boss is like, yeah, Jay's having the best week ever. He, he like, rear-ended a guy <laughs> on Monday. And then before I can even continue the story, the guy's like, you rear-ended someone? I rear-ended someone even worse one time, worse than you. I don't even know how bad you rear-ended a guy. You could have rear-ended someone into a train oh, and fucking no. derailed and murdered a whole town. But let me tell you about how I, did, like, one time in my life, rear-ended a guy, and it's way worse. And then that's my, been my life for the last three days. Jeez. And then, of course, because I'm, I'm, like, training the new guy, I'm, like, he's, I work with him for eight hours a day, and we drive for two hours a day. Ah. Oh. Don't be a one-upper. That's worse than being like a bully you have to carpool oh, i mean we don't have to carpool otherwise the guy can't get to work oh, and why is that no. your problem well it's not really my problem okay well i didn't really know where i was going with that because <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like it's your problem well it is my problem because because i it's my problem i'm dealing with but it's not like my problem in that like um I could just say, like, fuck you, I'm not driving you, bitch. <laughs> I guess. Right? Good for the working relationship. Right, right. Honesty, communication. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the hey, dude. Fuck you. Just fucking fuck right. you. Uh, well, yeah, hear, hear that? So this is... I don't know if you can hear that in my mic. My, okay. uh... What are you getting attacked by bugs or something? No, it's my my packs that I won this weekend. Oh shit! How uh, many yeah. packs did you win? Five. Half a box. Half a box. Oh shit! Of yeah. the newest set. Yep. Oh. Sweet. Um. So, did you open them? I have not. I'll open them right now. Tell me when you get. Let's play the rare game. Let's start the the show off. What's the, the rare fun, game? You want to play crack a pack on air? Okay. So you open the pack, and then you tell us hints about the rare, like you, but only one clue at a time, and we have to guess the rare. So you say it's red, and then I'll say Sarkin Vole, and then you'll okay. say that's a red and green card, and I'll say yeah, red. I'm game. Okay, let's do it. Rock and roll. Are we doing this? Yeah, we're doing it. Shut up. Okay, so let's talk about the let's talk about the pack first in limited. What? So. Oh, great. Like, We're going to do half a box of this. Well, fuck you. No, 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 no. Just one pack. <laughs> Just one pack. Okay, so I got McKinney Aeronaut, which is the 1-3 flyer for two. Uh, Abstruse Interference, which is the three casting cost four spike that makes a Scion. Uh, Akum Flame Speaker, which is the three casting cost three two 
ally that taps uh, to discard a card and draw a card with Cohort. I uh, got the Canopy Gorger, which is the 4, in a, four GG for 6-5 uh, vanilla creature. Uh, Sky Scourer, which is the 1 black Devoid Flying 1-2 that whenever you cast a colorless spell, it gets plus 1, plus 0 until the turn. Uh, Drawer Isle Avenger, uh, cost 5. Uh, it's for a 3-3 three, three flyer, and it has Surge. Uh, if you have Surge, it, you can cost it for 3. Uh, Warden of Geometries, which is the 4-mana 2-3 with Vigilance that taps for a colorless. Uh, Spawnbinder Mage, which is the 3 and a white casting cost 2-4 with Cohort. And uh, if you have Cohort and you tap it in an ally, it taps target creature. Uh, Vampire Envoy uh, costs 2 and a black. It's a 1-4. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go... Yeah, Jay. I'm going to go through the whole pack. Uh, whenever it becomes tapped, I gain one. You gain one life. Uh, Profit of distortion costs one. Uh, it's a one-two for one blue, uh, as devoid, and for three and a colorless, you can draw a card. Uh, Reckless bushwhacker uh, has it's a three mana three three mana two one with surge and haste. And uh, whenever it enters the battlefield, if its surge cost was paid, it gets plus one plus zero. And other creatures you control get plus one, plus zero, and gain haste until end of turn. And then Flaying Tendrils, which is the uh, new Drown in Sorrow that exiles instead of scries one. And then uh, uh, as a foil, I got a Timber Gorge, which is the red-green uh, gate land, basically. So uh, what what is our pick here? Have you guys played much, uh, lim- much limited? <laughs> Obviously the foil land. No. Okay. What was the rare in the pack? Uh, I can't tell you that yet. Oh, you're not. We're not. We're not doing what the rare is. No. Because this <laughs> well, pack is were, pretty mediocre. Because you were supposed to play the rare game, but then instead we played the say all the pack game. So okay, well, let, we're we're just going to talk about unlimited so that we actually okay. make some magic content. So okay, <laughs> um, I'm on the the one mana blue drop guy who draws a card. Okay. I think his ability is the most powerful one in the pack. Uh, everybody else is pretty mediocre. The red guy's good, but I don't like the red allies. Um, but I'm also not very good at this format, so that could be really, really bad advice for anybody listening. Uh, okay. But thank goodness you're listening to our show anyways. Um, <laughs> uh, I like the blue guy. Uh, if I wasn't going to go with the blue guy, I might take the Drown and Toro type effect and just kind of like start it as like some sort of really wonky control deck. Uh, I know I might be able to get myself like a Kozlix translator and maybe some of the bigger Eldrazi and I can use that. Uh, Tarsnares tend to go around a little bit. Maybe I can go into blue as well. Uh, hopefully get like some of the removal in blue. Uh, maybe even get super lucky and get like the blue black guy. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably just on the blue colorless guy. I like blue colorless. You can do a lot of different things with it. Uh, nice thing about it also is it's keeping me out of white, which I think is the best color. Um, so okay. uh, I, I'm not having anything good in there, so at least I can kind of stay away from that. Uh, maybe something good comes in, you know, pack, uh, pick two, pick three or whatever. But I think that one drop blue guy is just a pretty decent place to start. It doesn't have double black, so I can splash the blue guy if I need to. Yeah, that, that's where I'm at. Okay. We're talking about Profit of Distortion? The, yeah, the guy who draws a card. Okay. The blue guy. KYT, what do you think? I think uh, based on what I've 
heard from the commons and uncommons, nothing is too exciting. So I, I'm I'm with Jer on that. Like I, pro, like the Bushwhackers is a really good card, but only in the right type of deck. You got to be pretty aggressive, or else it's just it's just fine in a non-aggro deck. So, um, but based on all the cards you've named so far, I would just I would lean towards it, but uh, I wouldn't fault anyone for going picking the blue guy, or I'm not sure my experience playing the format. There's just a bunch of two threes, so I'm not sure how yeah insane tendrils is. is so garbage. It's yeah, I'm not bad. sure. How, yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, like not not too sure how good Infest is in the format based on my limited experience of the format. Oh, so, your limited experience of the format. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm going with. Uh, I'm probably going with the Bushwhacker. Okay. Unless, uh, yeah. So is it flawed logic? Because I actually, I, I see, Jay, Jeremy, I see your argument with for profit, but, like, Bushwhacker is one of those cards that, like, I think I would take early, because if you're in that deck, you want as many common copies of that as you can get, and it's an uncommon. So your likelihood of seeing it again uh, is pretty, pretty low. Uh, is that flawed logic, or... Um, we'll see, like, if I'm taking that card first, I'm taking it because I want to play white, and I'm going to be fighting the black, the white-black guy for allies. Okay. So, that, that's kind of where I'm at, like, I don't want him in a red-green deck, although he seems like he kind of fits in a red-green deck, but I want him in the white deck because I want to have, like, the opportunity to get the white-red uh, white uh, ally in pack three, which is, you know, a very, very okay. powerful card. So. That, that's kind of the thought there. Like, again, I don't think he's the wrong pick. Well, I, I do think he's the wrong pick, but I don't think he's a bad pick. Like, I could easily see somebody taking that because when you take that, there's nothing else in that pack. You're, you're not putting the guy next to you into red um, off of that pick. You're not even yeah. putting him into white off that pick. You might push him into the black allies, though, because the 1-4 flying ally guy is not terrible. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, like, between like Spawnbinder Mage, Vampire Envoy. Three through five, three through seven. Yeah. Pick. But... Like, the 1-4 is a very good card. Yeah, like, it is. I it's could... a very good card. I just, I don't think it's the first pick in this pack. Yeah, I agree with that. So, I guess the first hint is that the rare is literally not worth discussing in the context of, like, what the first pick should be. Okay, is it blue? So, it is not blue. Are we going to 20 questions this? No. Okay. <laughs> I was just naming the very first, like, worst card that you can possibly get. Is it white? Wait, I thought he, he's supposed to give us... He is. This okay. is the worst okay. rare game of all time. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, it's, it's, like, not limited playable. Okay, I know what it is. If it's not blue. Okay, Jared, you go first, then Jay, then me. <laughs> it's that stupid card that tutors up a Planeswalker. Yes. Nice. It is. What? Yeah. That's how I roll, bitches. What the fuck? If it isn't Hedron Alignment, it's the white card. Those are the two cards that are terrible and limited that you don't even discuss. All right. I'm opening up a second pack. So that pack is like the worst oh, limited pack God. ever. Okay. So this one. Ooh, this pack is so much spicier. Uh, it is. It has the word tap in it, in its text box, but does not contain a semicolon. It has the word tap or the symbol for tap? 
It has the word tap, but does not contain a semicolon. Huh. <laughs> oh, oh mis Mystic Jeremy. <laughs> the word tap, but does not have a semicolon, so it's not a cost. Cares about when other things tap. That's like technically two clues. Sure. Um, I'm not even trying to gather this shit. No, I'm I'm lost. I don't know. I need something different than that. The card's too good. I know terrible cards. <laughs> Jay, KYT, any guesses? Nope. Uh, I have no idea. Munda's Vanguard. Nope. I don't even know what that card is. Okay. Next, next clue. It is an enchantment. Okay. Please tell me you guys can hear that. <laughs> what yeah, is that? That is awesome. What is that? What? What is that? Nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. I can't hear it. What? Um. Okay, I know what card it is. Say it. Zendikar Resurgent. Yep. What the hell is that? Oh, man. <laughs> Is the enchantment for five and two green green? Oh, is it the the stupid uh, double your mana? Bullshit Correct. Card. And then when it, it's whenever you tap a land for mana, add one mana to your mana pool of any type that land produced. And then whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card. So is yeah, that's the rare game. Hooray, let's, rare let's game! Never do that again. <laughs> it was your idea. Yeah, but I I've never played a rare game that poorly. <laughs> that was all right. All right. That was that was not fun for anybody. Anyway, what's up? Who played Magic and why? Uh, <laughs> well, I guess I uh yeah I you went to a thing you this weekend. Traveled to a bad tournament apparently. Yeah. So uh, as many of you know, I played in GP Detroit this weekend. Um, I do want to first shout out to all the uh, fans uh, that I met this weekend. Uh, I was taken aback by being recognized and like you had fans in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. And I, I met some actual Canadians in Detroit too. Well, yeah. The future <laughs> matches like were like Canadian matchups right off the start. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I want to send a special shout out to Ben, Josh, and um, I cannot remember his name, but I remember his. Twitch handle is Blastoderm, and uh, or something very similar to that. So I, I want to in a way. What? Uh, it is. It is. Uh, I want to thank you guys uh, for your conversations and and uh, thanking me for what uh, I do and uh, just get all your all, everything. Like you guys made my weekend super super great. Um, Josh and I are not Josh. Ben and I uh, both competed in the uh super sunday series as well together as well so we were kind of like we were kind of battle buddies where he we would just check in and check in on each other and um yeah so uh that was I never, uh, i've never heard that term before battle buddies i like that yeah yeah so uh he was playing infect and uh we fortunately we never had to play each other and 
but uh, yeah, that was awesome. Yes, so I played in Detroit. Uh, I went uh, day one, did not go as well as I had hoped. Uh, I went 5-3 going into round nine, and then drew round nine against a lantern control deck, which is like literally the most fun you could possibly have playing round nine. Of, whoa, whoa, of whoa, 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 whoa. You drew in round nine. Correct. Okay, I need to hear more about this. <laughs> what would you like to know? I don't know what's coming. I up. would like to know who fucked up. What do you mean? Okay, I'm assuming that this was a win and into the next day for you guys, right? Correct. That fair to say? Okay. Yeah. So the match ended and nobody got to play the next day. Is that fair to say? Yes. Okay, so who fucked up? I mean, neither really. I I mean, are you asking why one of us did not concede? Was it game three? Yeah. Okay, so why didn't somebody concede? Um, I, I really don't... I, okay, multiple reasons. <laughs> Scumbag I, stories as well. I really hate Lantern Control. Like, I hate playing against it. It's a super stressful matchup. And uh, to be honest, he really wasn't that nice of a person to play against. So I really had no reason to concede. And uh, like as the deck that I'm playing is like the antithesis of like wanting to ever draw. Like I'm attacking with creatures. I'm playing like magic as God intended. (laughs) And he is the enemy. I do not want to give him anything he did not earn. So if uh, he asked me to concede to him, and I asked him to concede to me, and neither of us said yes. So, uh, yeah, that's so he kinda... asked first. Uh, he handed me the slip and goes, "What do you want to do?" Uh, yeah. And I basically, and well, you said, "I want you to concede." Yeah, ba- basically, that's how kind of how the conversation went. I'm like, "Well, no, I'm not no, how did the conversation you. go? I don't want to know basically." It's like, okay, he gave you so the slip goes, and asked you what you want. He handed the slip. What are we going to do? And I go, "Well." Uh, we're, we're, we drew. Uh, I don't want to concede to you. So, and you're not going to concede to me. So, um, that's a draw, I guess. Okay. So you fucked up. Okay. You told him that he wasn't going to concede. I mean, yeah, it, I, I never got that vibe from him at all that that was going to go how, like, that was how it was going to play out. Like, we had no rapport. Like it was not a fun matchup to play, fun match to play. Like I had no reason to believe that that was how it was going to go. It just—it's one of those things where somebody should concede that. Like, was he winning? He was X. I think it was X two and one and paired down to me. No, no, but I mean, like, was 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 he winning? I mean, he had two bridges, two jars. A lantern and two sticks. So, if that's what you consider winning, yes. But that doesn't matter. Could you win? Uh, he was at one, and possibly, unlikely, but <laughs> he didn't win the game. And I'm scumbag Schofield. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> hey, he wasn't a nice person. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We had, you don't have to be nice to not nice people. We we had a conversation like 
about it and the car drive after it. And they were, they were like, so what if it was somebody you knew? Like, what if it was like, like my friend, I told my friend about it and he was like, wait, what happened? And I go, yeah, that's just exactly what happened. And he was like, and you didn't, you didn't concede or anything? Like nobody conceded? I was like, no. And he's like, okay. Well, what if you were like, so you, he asked me because he knew I was playing, I played against Landry Control. And he goes, oh, so were you, were you playing like Sam Black or something? And I go, oh, uh, no, I probably would have conceded to him. And he goes, wait, you would have conceded to Sam Black? And I go, yeah, I mean, uh, we have a rapport. I've, t- I've talked to him. He's really nice. Like, you know, I mean, I would have obviously felt the situation out and basically been like, like at the precipice of like signing, like, will you concede to me? No. Will you concede to me? No. Like, no. And then like, as we're signing the slip or whatever, like if I know that he's resolute and not conceding to me, I'm going to be like, ah, you can have it. It's fine. You know, I mean, it, that's just really, yeah. Go through all that bullshit to do it to somebody that like you would consider like friendly terms. I mean, Probably. I mean, you'd, some people, have, you'd, you'd make them go through that song and dance, though. Some people just don't get it, man. You gotta remember, like, Alberta is a pretty competitive place. Like, yeah. for example, none of the Edmonton guys have ever conceded to me, ever. And then they bitch and moan about no one conceded, like, when people don't concede to them, like, when you should. But see, it happens all the time in Edmonton. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Is that, like, if they're not willing to do it no matter when, whether it's right or wrong, but they just want it done constantly for them, then, like, they don't have any right to bitch. Fuck that. I just, I, I don't think that that's an accurate statement. It's not accurate for me to say that in my experience with the Edmonton guys, none of them have ever conceded to me, ever. Well, that's that's very fair. Have you ever been in a situation where they're supposed to concede to you? No, I just show up and then I just say, like, hey, concede to me. And then they don't. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I just, I want to just try and figure out, like, how this is happening to you all the time. I didn't say all the time. I said not once. Well, enough to, like, Edmonton. make a generalization that every Edmonton player will never do it. Yeah, it's never happened. Yeah, I just, that's where I just wanted to find like out. Like, how many times, how many times? Like, what is I our sample see? size? One? That's what I'm saying. Like, how many times <laughs> that you accept it? Like, a hundred? I don't know. I've been in this situation personally about four times, maybe. And I'm a slower player. And I always run into the situation that if I feel like I'm ahead, I'll ask if they want the concession. And I hope that they say yes. Uh, Or I I hope they, like, if I'm in the winning position, I ask if they'll concede to me. I'd like them to say yes. If they don't, then I concede to them. If it's a situation like that, like if someone's going to make top eight or if there's a cutoff that this is going to push you through. Uh, vice versa, if I'm in a situation where I'm losing and we go to time and it's turns like that and both of us are going to be out, I'll just straight up concede. I won't even let the guy go through the song and dance. Like, it's one of those things that, like, if you go to a draw, ties suck. And I think that if we're in a situation where, like, we've pushed ourselves to the limit and nobody's been declared a winner type thing like that, like, that's good enough in my books for the person. And I do it just because I have this maybe wrong or, you know, out of place thought that it's going to happen to me if I do it. So, like, I, I believe in some sort of bizarre, not way, no way to, you know, justify karma. <laughs> have you ever been in a situation where you've conceded, where you thought you were losing, but your opponent was actually glacial slow? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Like they're they're sort of winning, but like they played insanely slow the entire match. Yep. Yeah, that's the fucking award. Yeah, and that's that's like my logic is that like your deck choice, like that's the deck that you're choosing to play. Yeah, remember when remember when that fucking what was that fucking that first Ugin deck that came out in standard? It was like was it bug? Whatever fucking where it had like two win conditions in the entire fucking deck. Yeah, and it, but it but it like went through its entire deck in the match was like the key was like you had dig through time and you just went through and remember like the guy was using like is it dig through time or treasure cruise or both that's an instant and he was using them at sorcery speed and then it would take him five fucking minutes to like decide and I was talking about that on the cast and it was just like oh yeah, yeah like in an SCG or something like that yeah I was like this is the actual just fucking like worst like okay you let me play my entire turn I have one card in hand I have no mana. I'm not playing blue. You play dig through time. I'm like, yep. You ask if it resolves. I'm like, yes, it does. Then you draw fucking 800 cards and you do nothing for five actual minutes. Like, five minutes. Like, it's so long that I have to actually tell you, man, you, you're going to have to make a decision here. Like, like, this is the end of my turn and my turn ended like at 9.55. It's now 10.06. Like, come on, <laughs> yeah. and then he's just like, I, "Sorry, man, it's it's like you know, it's complicated. It's complicated." I'm like, "It's not fucking complicated." Am I playing blue? No. All right, I'm countering none of your spells. Number two, you just drew seven cards. You have another dig through time in your fucking hand that I saw. So you just dig. You take two fucking counter spells or a draw spell. Uh, if you're looking at seven lands, then you take two of those. Like. If you found one of your two win conditions, which is Ugin and the Dragon, you have 800 mana. Take one of those. Just fucking play your fucking game, you piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> and that I'm guy, of course, you know, that guy, it sucks to lose to that guy. Those are the guys you want to draw with. Just Jerry, you, you said you've been in this situation multiple times. I don't think I've ever been put in this situation in all the GPs that I've played. Like, what do you mean? Like, having this, like, sort of concession situation. Well, maybe it's happened once, like, four years ago to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't even remember what I did. Yeah, I don't, and ID. honestly, like, like, it only comes up for me because ID. I'm on the slower side of the spectrum to, like, playing. Like, okay. I, I recognize that. I, I play, I also tend to play slower decks. Like, I was playing eggs for the like, longest time. I'll play, like, bizarre combo style decks. Like, I, <laughs> if I'm not playing something stupid aggressive, like, uh, like dredge or something like that, I am playing a slower game. So I do run into this type of stuff. If I run into like the slow player, like the two of us together, we will usually <laughs> get very close to time or finish in turns or something like that. Yeah, okay. That, that's understandable. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't like, I haven't unintentionally drew in a long time. And I just don't. And like, just this happened to be the last round, and you know, it was a perfect storm situation. And like, perfect storm. I'm fucking, I'm fucking playing the, the deck that plays dragons and attacks you. Like, right. And he's playing the deck that like plays bridges and like stops all that. So, you know, and that like will kill you eventually. Like, doesn't let you do anything and then kills you eventually. Right, right. So, I don't know. I don't feel bad. 
I mean, I'm friends with like Zach Elsick and I like we're friends. He he was the guy who won GP Oklahoma City with with Lantern, and you know, I would I would concede to him because he's my friend. Uh, if we were in that situation, but like, if I don't know, I don't I don't feel like I should have should have. I didn't have any compelling reason to. And I'm one of those guys that, you know, you you put like if I have like, it, it like I will bend stuff and i'll like i'll be nice and i do i do things but like it's just nothing about the matchup was the match was pleasant like there was no fun banter there was no like we just sat down he like the there was a vaping convention next door to the gp yeah it was fucking it was stupid and then um alien ant farm apparently was their musical (laughs) guest Oh yes, <laughs> and they had started playing around, like at at the you know the middle of round eight, just this fucking obnoxious bass throughout the entire the entire time, and he's just sitting there just complaining and all this stuff, and it's like it's not a fun matchup, fun match at all. And then we draw, and then you know that's how it worked out. So. Yeah, <laughs> this is an awesome discussion. I feel like Gerald would, would concede to you in that spot, in, in like in his opponent's shoes, because he knows he'd, he'd be the one that's playing slow, and that it'd be his fault that it would have went to time, <laughs> right, Jared? Well, no, it's it's one of those situations <laughs> where if I was winning, I would make a comment like, "Are you going to concede to me? I obviously have this game. Like, what 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 do you have to stop?" <laughs> and then he'd be like, "No, I don't want to concede because you're playing a deck that makes me get all." sensitive and whiny oh my god so then i would be like i think that you should get the opportunity to play against this deck more so i'll concede to you so that you can go play day two yeah like it's interesting that the attitude in magic is always like i'm currently winning which means i obviously win the game so yeah but that's that's a locked deck like yeah but like still you didn't win in the time allotted that's why there's a time limit otherwise like yeah i'm not gonna reward that right like play a time limitless format and then we're not playing chess blocks. Like, both players are but part of the process. That's what I'm saying. So, like, you're playing a format where I, there's... I, I don't know how Mendoza plays. He might be slower than Molasses. I mean, he might be, yeah. So, <laughs> but, like, that's the thing. So then you need to account for that. Like, call a judge. Fucking play a faster deck. Like, I... Like, you're playing a, you're playing a game that has a time limit in the format. Okay, so, like, and again, like, we're, we're talking about, like, the rash generalized, but I watched a bit of coverage this weekend. I was watching Paulo. I didn't get a chance to see a lot of Lantern on camera because they don't put anybody, like, everybody on camera. But I saw Paulo on camera, and he was playing Lantern. He was not playing slow. He was playing that deck very fast. Right, but again, I'm not, I'm not talking about Lantern, right? I'm talking about just if you're playing someone and you can't beat them in the time limit, I think it's pretty entitled that a bunch of people are always like, you should concede to me because you're at five life and I'm at six life. I obviously have you locked in my lock deck. We ran out of time, which is technically a mistake for me as well because I couldn't <laughs> beat you in the time allotted, but obviously <laughs> you should scoop me. Yeah. Okay. But that's what, what I'm talking it. about here. That is what I'm talking about. Yeah, but why would you talk about that? That's kind of a pointless conversation. Like, it's, it's the conversation of saying, hey... <laughs> Both of us, nobody wins. We both come out of this <laughs> yes. as losers. Yes, because you Can fucked I be up the winner or do you want to be the winner? 
<laughs> and like saying that, like, hey, if somebody's going to be a winner, if you're going to choose somebody, <laughs> come up with a reason why somebody should win. Maybe the guy who's ahead should win. Yeah, and if that argument isn't any good, they're saying, okay, win. well, then the other guy wins. Yeah, but we're not coming up with that reason because you both lost because you both can't play faster than an hour per match because you're both fucking retees. <laughs> okay. Is what I'm saying. So, yes, Matt. No, that's what you're saying, but Matt, like, you just say things just to hear your Matt, own voice. Maybe should have conceded. The issue is that the people that always complain about people not conceding are, the peop- are always the same people. Here's the thing. I'm not complaining about him conceding. No, Jeremy but is. Him not con- conceding. I didn't expect that from him, and I- I'm okay that he did not concede. Like, that is totally acceptable to me. And it's a- totally acceptable that he did not concede. That's within his right as a Magic player. Like, we signed up to do this, and that's okay. Like, I am okay with that. And I'm not, you know, I don't expect it, and I'm a little disappointed that it didn't happen, but Hey, like, that's how just how it works sometimes. So, and I'm not saying like calling him a scumbag for like doing what was in, what was within the, the parameters of the rules and everything, and you know, he shouldn't shouldn't feel that way either about me. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I right. agree with Jeremy in that you sh- like. If you're not going to concede for a reason, it shouldn't be because the guy's because you don't like the guy because there was no rapport. Um, I feel like that's a weird reason not to concede to someone. But like I said, I don't think that anybody should be mad at you for not conceding. I, I, I'm not mad at him. I just think that it's silly. Well, I mean, he had the opportunity to concede to me. Absolutely, he did. But you kind of took that away so, from him. You told him that he wasn't going to concede to you. No, he. Well, I didn't. Okay. It, you you did. That's what you said that you did. You told us that you I mean, told yeah. him that he wasn't going to concede to you. I mean, the, he basically said, "I'm X, like, I'm X two and one. What do you want to do?" Like, yeah, like that. The implication was, "I'm not conceding to you." No, yeah, but, but you should have that. implied. You should have asked. I, him I should have asked. Sure, yeah. I should have asked specifically. What yeah, you, you you told him that he wasn't going to concede to you. All that he said is that he would prefer that you concede to him. That's all that statement. I mean, he made the argument that, like, he's like, I've got the stuff on board, like, I'm basically winning, and I, like, that to me is like, I don't care. Like, you didn't win the game, I don't care. So, I don't care who is winning most of the time. I don't care. You didn't win, so. <laughs> but, okay, but man, I think you did well on, on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, your Facebook? Um, yeah, I went, uh, I, so I decided to play in uh, the Super Sunday series, and because uh, I wanted to play another big modern event, and then uh, comically, like as I am want to do, I don't care really about standings or like whatever. So round five, I didn't know it was a nine round tournament until round five. Um, so I was just like more. I just wanted to play some more Magic uh, with my deck because my deck is sweet, um, and went seven and two. Uh, and could could have gone eight and one had I made a different mulligan decision in game three of one of the rounds that I lost. So that was it. Felt really rewarding to know that like that that I could have gone eight and one with that deck. Um, the, my other loss was like a, one of those you know that happened where like your opponent is breathing and is not dead, 
and is like playing magic and you're just sitting there going, well, I guess I'm just going to lose this round of magic. So, uh, like where you don't draw anything. Right, right. Yeah. So it was one of those games. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, I went, uh, my record against the Eldrazi Menaces were like X and one. Uh, my one loss happened to be that one where variants basically dictated that I wasn't going to draw anything but lands. So I didn't draw any lands game one, and then I drew all lands game two. So that was awesome. But I uh, on sat- Saturday in the main event, I 3-0-6-0'd my blue-white Eldrazi opponents, and then I proceeded to destroy two other... Eldrazi decks on on uh, in the Sun- Super Sunday series, one blue red, one red green, and um, like round nine, I played against red green Eldrazi, and just they like my uh, my friends, some of my friends got to watch my game, and he they were like, you know, I was skeptical about your deck because you keep telling me about it, but I hadn't ever seen it, but having you watch like watching you play that match, there was literally no way he could have won that match. <laughs> um. And uh yeah, it was it's it's strong and fun and uh my other friend was like, What is you know what's more fun than watching you play this deck is watching other people watch you play this deck. Cause they're like <laughs> they're like, Oh my god, did he just did he just play Stone Rain? <laughs> like I'm like he beast within? And then uh you know, and then it's like he just miracled a bonfire. What the fuck? Yeah, the deck is awesome. It has a ton of game against the field. Uh, it is there are hands that just are unbeatable. Um, it's especially good with Eldrazi all over the place um, because they really have to have they really have to have either bad draws on your on my part or like nutter butter draws on their part in order to really win against you, and that basically like played out like round one for example of the main event uh i played against blue white eldrazi mold the five both games and still won mm. like on the play and on the draw like mold a five win um and that was a fun matchup too because he was like he sat down in front of uh, in front of me and saw me play like a stomping ground into an arbor elf and he's like oh my gosh are you playing this deck and i just didn't give him any information and was like just kind of smiling and stuff because I knew which deck he was talking about. He's like, "Oh man, I hope I really hope you're playing this deck." So like, he <laughs> plays his stuff. I untap and I go, I go like land, uh, stone rain or whatever, blood moon. And he's like, "Oh my god, you're playing that deck! This is so awesome! I wanted to play your deck. <laughs> like, I saw the deck, I saw it on Star City, and I wanted, I just wanted to play it. Like, it's almost built in my backpack." And I was like, "Oh, this is awesome! Like, I totally just like." just destroyed him but it was like the most fun one of the most fun matches i played all weekend <laughs> man so yeah like uh, in, in it just validated your your testing uh to me that uh you were talking about how you had a positive matchup against eldrazi and it looks like you had a great weekend against the menace yeah yeah and... i mean my losses were really were uh like my losses on day 1 for example were I lost to elves uh, because I basically kept a really bad hand game two, and then game three lost a very close game where my 
bonfire for two cast from my hand was out outclassed by him cocoing for us like he had to hit a second lord on his collected company or else he just loses right there and uh he did so that's how that worked um again in that matchup i mold the three game one in the dark on the play and one mm-hmm. uh which is in- insane like never ha- like almost never happens in modern um just and the deck like so affinity i lost i lost against affinity day one uh one game uh lost a close game one won a game two pretty decisively and then game three it was one of those i mold the five he thought sees my one thing my one bonfire and then i just drew lance i just didn't draw anything the rest of the game um mm. And then against Naya Blitz, I lost one match on day one of the main event and then one match in my um, in uh, the Super Sunday series. And that is actually just, that's like the most difficult matchup this deck has. Like, they have creatures that like make bonfires awkward because they have three butts. Um, all my removal, <laughs> my removal in my, de- in my sideboard is Sudden Shock, which doesn't match up well to with Nicodal and Kurt Ape and like an experiment one that's a three three or any of that stuff. But it still has a lot of game because um basically if you if you hit your land drops, um your top decks are pretty nuts. So you as long as you can basically just curve out, um you have a lot of game against that matchup. And uh yeah, basically I I felt really good about the deck. I beat all sorts of stuff. I beat like all like three different Aldrazi archetypes. I beat um, Infect and Storm, like Combo and uh, Grishel Brand and like a bunch of other stuff. So it is, and and had a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> a lot of fun. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm really excited about this deck, and uh, turns out that seeing the results that. Doug was probably a little off on his over and under at two. I, I should have accepted his bet and taken the over. <laughs> Insane. Uh, there wasn't anybody playing Eldrazi. <laughs> but uh, that's that's caused a lot of people. The results have caused a lot of people to think that you know a ban is coming, and and that'd be a shame because it sounds like your deck has a very favorable matchup against that type of metagame, uh, Matt. Oh yeah, I mean we we've thought about it like what the deck is going to do post banning. And I am actually like I'm not really all that concerned to be honest, because um, we really the only matchup I could foresee the only way like the format could adjust to be worse against my deck is if the format played more blue like if there was like another blue tempoy combo deck to rise up. Like that's the one. That's the one situation where I think that like this deck loses some points. Uh, mana bases are going to get a little bit more uh, normal, beings that like they're not playing like Ayavugan into like a Darkar wastes. So Blood Moon loses a little bit of effectiveness, but like people aren't going to stop being greedy. Um, mana ba- like people aren't going to stop playing Fury Colors. Um, and then Blood Moon also has a like we have a lot of game against Infect and uh, and Affinity and um, and Abzan and Jund and a lot of the like Coco combo decks 
like those matchups are still good. And I, I don't foresee them. Uh, I don't foresee them getting worse unless like affinity, for example, it cannot afford to main deck as champion right now. Um, but if it, it, it might in the future, one, if Eldrazi is not no longer a thing. So, um, being that it plays master, it, like it's a little bit better for us. So, all right. Yeah, I'm excited uh, to try this out. Really, I mean, you've crushed it. It sounds like yeah, it's fun. And Acid Moss is one of those cards that people have to read. Acid Moss is my favorite card in that deck. <laughs> yeah, it's like the people... card is like stone nutty. Seven of nine people round uh, day two had to read it, and then five of nine people day one had to read it. So, and then there were there were actually players who, when I played my foil or my FBB Stone Rain, uh, they did not know what it is, what it, what it was, and even when I said, "Oh, it's a Stone Rain," they had to ask what a Stone what Stone Rain was. Makes me feel real good. That's a good feeling. <laughs> so yeah, and that was my weekend. Uh, drove back to, uh, the the entire twelve hours. So ended up uh, no tw- no uh, twenty one pointers were able to make the top eight. So that was a little disappointing, and uh, I missed top sixteen by three places. So my tie breaks, my losses were early enough to affect my tie breaks, such that I got nineteenth. But there were 21 pointers up, you know, up until I think 10th, I think. But I don't feel too bad. It was uh, the deck suite, and that's really what I wanted. I never thought I'd be a brewer, but I'm usually the guy that like is like, I oh, just play the best deck, just play whatever, like whatever is tier one. But uh, right, bonfire is the shit. <laughs> And and it's not like a huge because it's even even like more unexpected. Bonfire is even more insane. And uh yeah. So there's a lot of like there's a lot of situations where that come up against with this deck that if you just draw one, you just win the game. Like you, it, like a complete 180. Like you are losing to you win the game. Which is pretty nuts so. Yeah, I can see that. And there's no like counter spells. Like that's the awesome thing. Like you just have to worry about stoic rebuttal sometimes and um spell pierce. But usually the decks that like the blue white Eldrazi decks that play spell pierce and and uh, stoic rebuttal uh or stubborn denial, stubborn denial. They are not stubborn denial. The the one mana four spike or negate is that is that Stoic Rebuttal? I think, yeah, it is Stoic Rebuttal. Okay. Um, but yeah, they just, they, they have to, like, counter your Blood Moons or your Stone Rains or whatever first. So usually your bonfires just resolve. No, oh, no. Stubborn Denial, I think? Is that, is, is that it? I can't remember if that's the... Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, Stoic Rebuttal. Stoic Rebuttal is, like, the counters the cancel with the Metalcraft. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And uh, yeah, so I posted the list online. Um, the only change I want to make is I want to put a relic, a third relic in the sideboard, just because there's a lot of decks like Living End and uh, Grishelbrand 
where the LD is only so effective, like it keeps them from playing like it's important to have it against Grishelbrand and Living End. Uh because for example, Grishelbrand, if you go after their graveyard, they just get to five and they just threw the breach. So they can ignore that. But if you go after you have to like have a multi-pronged angle of attack um to really battle that deck. And then against Living End, they have access to Simeon Spirit Guide as well. So you you have to like so your LD can only be so effective. Uh, but they play so few lands that sometimes you just keep them constantly off of whatever they need. So um, that's where I think I'm going to add. And I think I'm going to take out the Thrun in the sideboard. I play a second Thrun in the deck, and uh, I'm not sure. Like, it can be really solid in certain metagames, but, like, right now it's it's only so-so. Things that it's, like, outclassed sometimes by 5-5s five and stuff. So that's the only, uh, that's, that's what I'm going to change going forward. Sweet, sweet. Looks like you had a great weekend. Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I hung out with a bunch of friends and had just the the fantastic magic weekend. All right, Jeremy and Jay have fallen asleep. Yep, don't sleep. <laughs> the battle buddies have fallen asleep, man. Battle buddy. <laughs> Well, I'll talk about what I, I magic really. Yes, I did. yes. Did you magic? Not, not too much. Not too much. We were uh, trying to get uh, on Friday night, trying to get uh, some people to play two-headed giant because there was some sort of um, wizards promotion that if you could get at least uh, three two-headed, like sanction two-headed giant events to fire uh, within a certain time frame, they would send us like an oversized card. And it would be one of the, I think it's one of the oath cards, uh, like oath of Nissa or whatever the, uh, that set of cards. But uh, doing it on Friday night is a little awkward. I mean, I think we sanctioned two. Uh, we were missing the last one. Uh, we need and to sanction you need at least like four teams, so at least eight people, and we couldn't get there um, on Friday night because we also host. I think it was a uh, bad strategy on our part because we also host draft. So when you have people that you know don't know if two-headed is going to fire or not, they're just going to jump in draft. So we probably, not probably, we definitely should have done it on a different day. But uh, there was still, you know, some of my friends came and uh, we were just like literally just two teams. <laughs> so we still decided to play because I, I don't normally play these uh, these formats at all. And I enjoy myself just because they, they all three of them, the other players were my friends, but it was one of those typical... Uh, games where it's just a long board stall and eventually you know one of us draws a bomb to win the game or one of us draws uh, a lot of flyers to win even with like surge at least like this is just a very small sample size obviously but even with like surge helping us come up with really aggressive starts it was just really easy for the guy who was sort of like the team who was sort of losing to still gum up the ground and board stall into like the second stage of the two-headed giant game. So, um, and then the we just played three uh, games, and the last one is like a really long board stall when neither of us did anything for maybe like twenty turns. So, um, I don't know if I, I know Oath of the Gatewatch was meant for two-headed giant, so I'm actually uh, interested 
in uh, like our listeners, their experience with the format, because I, I know I've heard positive experiences with it. And while I had fun, it didn't like, it wasn't like amazing or anything. Um, and uh, this weekend I just did non magic stuff and uh, got myself on a zip line. I don't know what you call that a zip line for the first time. I don't know if that's all, like what they, what it's actually called generically. Yeah. And uh, is it the is it like a zip line where you jump around, or is it a zip line like you get in a harness and ride down a hill? Yeah, a, har- a harness. Um, and they just had this sort of I, I don't even know what it was. It was like some festival downtown, and you're just like you're pretty high and you're harnessing like over the streets of Montreal. And I did it for the first time, and I'm not one. I'm not like the daredevil type. I. I I'm sometimes scared of roller coasters and shit, but uh, my girlfriend loves that stuff. But so the first time, it, it, when I got off, like when it starts going, I was like, I was sort of scared, but uh, managed to survive. And uh, you know, when I was up there, Jay, I could feel like people who once they get up, there's always people that once they get up there, they're like, I don't want to fucking do this yep. anymore. Yep. And they get down. <laughs> Were you one of those like, people? No, thank God. And there's like, Two old guys, and then one old guy's like, "No, I can't. I just can't fucking do it, man." <laughs> <laughs> and the other guy's like, "You got him, man. You got him. We we got. We just got up here, man. We waited, and you had to wait basically one to two hours to even get up there. So just to give up felt like a big waste for me. So I had to do it, even though it was a pretty thrilling experience." Um, but uh, that, that was my magic for now, and uh, still prepping for, for the GP uh, that's coming up. And uh, I read about, I didn't have time to dive into the uh, latest news, but I, I heard about, like, Magic Online Next or something. I don't know if you guys uh, caught up with the Reddit news or anything. I've only heard yeah. a little bit about it. There's not a whole lot to say about it. Just the product that's going to do the same thing that Duels and MTGO is doing to cover everybody. And it's, and it's supposed to come in like a few years, is yeah. like how it's being phrased. So, Jeremiah, my, my question, obviously, to us, I think I'm not sure how, how much Matt owns on, on Moto these days, if at all. How much what? Uh, how much like uh, of a collection you have on MTGO? Um, I am part of the coverage team. So he oh right, okay. It doesn't it doesn't affect you. Yeah. But for for Jared, for me and Jared, who have a lot of cards, Jared, does this news affect you at all? No. Okay. Should it affect me? No. <laughs> I'm assuming they'll have a way for you to transfer collections or something. Yeah, it's honestly like if they burn everybody, then I don't think that their new product is going to be. I don't think their new product is going to have any value. Because I don't think anybody is going to spend any money on it. The same way. Right. Right, right. So, like, the one thing that I'd be more concerned about is how, after the last Pro Tour, we saw Phantom Constructed. (laughs) And if they start to push Phantom Constructed a lot more, then I think that would have a very big impact on cards, like prices and everything like that, the secondary market. Okay. But that's, you know, that's what that is. I, I just, I have a tough time seeing them gut everybody's account that way. 
Yeah. I agree with that. So are we are we supposed to be like sort of ex- excited that they're just going to scrap like maybe scrap everything into a new interface? I'm just trying to figure out how you get magic duels to work with uh version 4.0. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I would say the most exciting proposition uh that this news creates, I guess in my mind is the idea of like I would happily play subscription magic online. Like I'm not one of those people. I have no interest in owning a digital collection because it's, it's like not tangible. Like it's nothing like it's literally ones and zeros to me. So the idea, like I would happily pay a subscription fee, like even a pretty steep subscription fee to like, just own whatever I want online and just play tournaments. Right. I, yeah, I'm the same. And, um, like a trading is like trading online sounds miserable. Like the whole thing of like, you have to go to bots and like, it's just, it's just, it's not as the whole online system currently is nowhere near as elegant as paper. Like the the capitalist collectability aspect of magic works so much better in paper than it does online. Yeah, I, I can't say I disagree. Um, but it was like I'm trying to visualize them going to this model, and if it's like possible, like if to get from where we are now to there, basically. Uh, I don't know. I can see them having something like it. Like, if you had a subscription fee that gave you, like, special tickets or something like that. And then you could play in, like, phantom events. So it's, like, I think of, like, my Audible account for my, e- uh, my audiobooks. Where it's, mm-hmm. like, every month you pay so much money into the system and it gives you 500 phantom points. So it's like essentially you can just play nuts for the whole month unless you're terrible or something like that. Then even you should be able to play the whole month. Like they give you freaking fandom points for losing online. So (laughs) Um, with like that type of system, like it's. I can easily see them doing something like that and keeping the regular accounts open. But they would have to limit what you can do for phantom events. Like, I wouldn't have any, like, phantom PTQs. So if you want to be on that pro level and do the online PTQs and the mocks and stuff like that, like, maybe do mocks qualifiers, or you can get your your points to be able to play in, like, the mocks uh, prelims via the phantom events and stuff like that. But if you wanted to play in those events, you had to do it with, like, the traditional Magic Online type uh, setup. Yeah, that, that makes... Well, to, in order to keep the value of, of, like, our collections, yeah. I mean, I don't want them to get, like, it sucks that the idea of them being stuck, like, they have an opportunity to create an entirely different modeled aspect of magic that they can't do in paper. Like, they're kind of locked into the way that they do it by the reserve list, by all of these pressures on 
people emphasizing the secondary market, like we can't burn our retailers, we can't do all of these things. So like the idea of like creating magic online is that this this place where you can actually play the best decks that you want, where the best players can be un unhindered by card availability or whatever, like all the other bullshit stuff that you have to deal with because you choose to compete playing Magic the Gathering, that, like, the idea of, like, allowing this player who, you know, can't, you know, you, you have to either make connections or you have to, like, work your way into build, building a collection in order to play, like, the competitive decks online and stuff. Like, I like the idea of, like, Magic Online as being this, like, open competitive place where people can like aren't hindered by the stuff that hinders paper players and where it can actually illustrate like these are the best players playing the best decks. So that's, that's just my two cents about it. Ajur, did you play any magic? Uh, not really. Uh, this week I got home from camp on Thursday night. Uh, my wife had just flown out of the country Thursday. So she's only getting back tonight. I go to pick her up after the show. Uh, so I've been on kid duty. So that kind of really hampers your ability to play Magic. Uh, I swung by on Saturday. They did a dual PT, uh, PPTQ in the city. So they rented out like the one of the, the halls. It's like a, an airplane museum type thing that the cadets use. And they did kind of like a cadets fundraiser. And then they had a bunch of tabletop games going on, and they had two PPTQs going on and some side events. So they started off with a sealed in the morning that got 50 people, and then they did a standard at 2 o'clock, kind of following more like the Sunday Super Series uh, mindset. And the standard, I think, only got like 22 people. But I went by and saw how people are doing, let my kid go around. and Well, my kid was super shy, so she didn't say anything to anybody. But... That was pretty much my magic. Uh, I played a draft, got a bunch of good cards, but couldn't get past the first round, so didn't really get a chance to play. Watched some coverage. Oh my god, did anybody else watch coverage at all? Like, I know you were there, Matt. Uh, <laughs> yes. Did you watch? Coverage? No, no. What's up, Jay? Did you watch? I know you never watch coverage, but I'll still ask. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I didn't watch any. Okay, so their coverage is terrible. Yes, that's why I don't watch it. <laughs> like, really? The really? Wizards' wow. coverage was terrible. And to put this into perspective, the first couple rounds, at least 100% the first round, I would say that the coverage that we did for the Manager Deprived Super Series, when, like, Jared Gashadi and myself and... Uh, Jay, were you part... You were part of that one, weren't you? No, I don't think so. Oh. No, you were at... You were out of town for that one. Yeah. Yeah. For that coverage and how we tried to put everything together, I, I think that we offered an equal product to how bad it was. Wow. Okay. I mean, Lay it on me. What, what was bad? Yeah. What makes it so bad? I'm very curious. Okay. It, was it because Matt wasn't there? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> that yeah, does reduce maybe. the quality of coverage. <laughs> so it started off, the round started up, and you couldn't hear anything. And you couldn't hear anything because. After a bunch of people in the chat were trying to figure out what was going on, they were putting it out at like half volume, only on the left channel. Oh my god! So you couldn't hear anything that was being said. It was everything was at whisper volume, 
you crank up your speakers and everything like that, you could barely hear what was going on. The next thing is, is that you have these like long drawn out matches, these games that kind of get into like these like weird states and stuff like that. And you don't have any way to tell how much time's in a match if these people have to pick up their pace or anything like that. Because they don't have a round clock. Like basic okay. stuff like that. Then you see people playing Infect. And they're playing Infect, but you don't know how many poison counters they are because they don't put poison counters up on the life uh, board at all. All they have is just life totals. So person's at indeterminate amount of uh, life. <laughs> or, a poison. Oh, this could be a real nail-biter. It could also be so, fine. So you got these types of things. Like, multiple times, it would be like, oh, man, like, I don't know why he didn't attack in that spot. He's only, like, his opponent's only at five life, blah, 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 blah. And then them going on, it's like, oh, this doesn't seem right. Like, why, why would they not do this? Blah, blah, blah. And then, like, five minutes into the match, oh, yeah, well, it's because the life totals are backwards. The, the oh, reverse. sweet. The Wonder Buddy's not attacking. Like... He's, he, he's about to die. Like, he, he needs to keep up the defense. So, like, little silly things like that. And, like, they had some great people on coverage. But there's also some, like, really rough stuff. Like, it's, it's bad when some of the coverage people are specifically talking about what's happening on the board. They don't offer any sort of color. And all they're doing is just telling you what you're looking at. And they're not even saying that right like they're not even they're not even describing the board accurately let alone what the 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 strategy or what's going on with people like lsv when he's in the booth it's fantastic because you're getting that person who understands what's going on it's like watching old poker coverage before that they ever had you know the uh, pinhole cameras and stuff like that where it was just like experienced people looking at the game oh my god and that was the the other person was saying and thinking because they have that level of knowledge of what's right. going on with people. Without and I remember poker without the pinhole, like without the pocket cams. Holy shit, that was like abysmal. It was abysmal, but the coverage people were fantastic because yeah, they yeah. were able to read the board so well. Like you would have like a Phil Helmuth in there who would just be so good that he understood. Like, oh yeah, this guy's probably on something like an ace, an eight jack. Yeah, it just made the game, like, really hard to be really exciting because you had no idea what you were watching, right? Which is yeah. kind of what you're saying about the magic. It's like, if you have no idea what you're watching, it's like, okay, well, great. So it was just, like, this kind of, like, contrast that, like, you can't really understand what's going on on the board, but you had these coverage people who were able to describe the game and, and, and get you understanding what's going on. And I don't think that, you know, one of the arguments that always comes back to me whenever you kind of get into a spot like that is that, you have to make the game friendly for all levels. You have to have it friendly for the person who's just tuning in for the very first time. And I, I get that, but I also don't feel that there are, like, there are some coverage people who do get a little too in-depth and they, they lose the, the commonplace person. Uh, but there's also people who can tell you what the other person's thinking and keep it friendly to everybody who's watching. And, like, that's again. That's a strength of an LSV. That's the strength of a, a Cedric Phillips, is that they're able to be entertaining, tell you what's going on, give you a little bit of insight in what's going on in people's heads, present lines, uh, identify when a line doesn't seem like it's going the right way or the person's not quite doing the most optimal play, um, and to like you know kind of give you the ability of like letting you know what's really happening in that game more of instead of just this is what's happening. Here is the text log of the game and then the text log being accurate. And then like, that's the part that's just brutal that 
they had some pairings that worked out really well. And then they had some pairings where it's just like, it gets frustrating, like where you just kind of want to yell at the, at the, 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 the screen in front of you. No, that's not what happens at all. Mm-hmm. Like there's one incident where it's like, there's a spring leaf drum, uh, one of like, I think it was a glimmer void, a spring leaf drum, an ink moth nexus, a uh, cranial plating, and an ornithopter on the board. And Buddy goes and activates Ink Moth Nexus, then uses the ornithopter and the spring reef drum to equip the Ink Moth Nexus. And the commentators are like, oh man, it's too bad that he's only going to hit him for four. He'd really like to get that up to five so that it, you know, he presents a two-turn clock. But it's, just, it's too bad that he's only going to hit him for four. And then Buddy attacks. Now, that's five artifacts plus the one power that the Ink Moth Nexus has. That is hitting for five. But people who are watching that game, if they're not able to count four artifacts, they might listen to the coverage people and believe what the coverage people have to say. And they have no way to correct that because even the person at the table who might be able to read this or the players who understand what's going on, when they write down the total on their pad, it doesn't come back to me as a viewer because, again, they've chosen not to put the poison counter on the screen. Okay. So now you've got these coverage people who are presenting a game that's not the game that you're watching anymore. And it's just, it's, it's unfortunate because it's not massive things that are being done wrong. It's some of the professional, professionalism is missing because, again, like an audio error like that, again, when Jared and I were doing the coverage on that stuff, we were having those types of mistakes. And me being a nobody in this was like, completely losing my mind because how did we like I wasn't I wasn't on the the setup side I wasn't on the production side the producing side of it but how do we not test it just to make sure that the whole thing freaking works like that's just like that seems super amateur and this is kind of like their best phase forward this is them consolidating their coverage and not doing all the events only doing certain events so that they can put out the best product available and they're making these rookie mistakes and then the other part to it is is just not having not having like acceptable commentating like having in a, a system where we've been doing this for years now like how do you lose ground versus star city like star city is always innovating they're always pushing but how do you take steps backwards on this because that's what it really feels like they're doing is taking steps backwards so it's it's really kind of awkward to be watching it. Like I, I stopped watching it. And I had kind of the day to watch it. I had it up on the screen. I started watching people playing freaking what looks like Nintendo games where they were farming. Because that seemed like it was more <laughs> Like it was pretty brutal. So that that's kind of my big thing, is it just what the fuck happened? Like, I felt like I was getting trolled, like that they were intentionally doing it this bad. And yeah, that, that's my whole thing on it, is that there is good out there. There are people who are doing this right, who are getting these things right. And how is Wizards just not taking that step? I mean, so I can tell you from somebody who does this, yeah, and what I want to uh, say at is I'm I'm trying to be I'm I'm trying not to get too direct because I understand that this is part of your livelihood, right? 
I don't want to put you into a corner where you're going to say something that's going to hurt your ability to live. So please, while I understand you might get a little bit defensive because I am attacking your team, I don't want you to say anything that's going to get you. No, no, no. That's going I, to put you in a bad I spot. Totally, that, that's important. No, yeah. So I don't want you to put yourself into a bad position here, Matt. I mean, I will just give you the perspective from somebody who, um, like, um, so for for example, like we had a comment on one of the last episodes that wanted us to talk about how coverage, like wanted to talk about coverage, wanted me to talk about how coverage, and they were like, "Why is it so garbage and all this? Why is it so glitchy?" And I'm, I like, I'm not going to talk about it like that. Like, I think it's a good product. I think that there are some, there are some problems that arise uh, because it is a live broadcast. Um, you kind of have just, you kind of have just things that happen unexpectedly that you have to respond to, like different convention centers have different internet situations, for example. Yeah, um, that's fair. Yeah, different d- different convention centers have different lighting situations. Like that's a constant thing you have to worry about. Yeah, actually, it, the lighting was pretty bad, but I didn't want to go there because you can't help that. Well, they, the new the new setup, from what I could tell, looked a lot better, uh, because they they actually do they actually have started doing what I had started doing was basically what we do what I do is I put umbrellas like photo umbrellas yeah above the uh, the cameras like attached to the rig because what it does is it it stops the light that comes directly down, um. But, you know, that's really hard because convention center lighting, you can have like really strong top down tungsten and, and halogen lights, or you can have like fluorescent lighting that's really big and comes at you from all sorts of angles. So it's really hard to kind of control for those situations. Um, there's also uh, parts where like even in sports broadcasts and like I was watching the Oscars, for example, they still mess up. There's still little like glitches where like they, they'll go to one camera. Whoops, that camera's not ready. I went to the wrong camera. So they'll go to this one. Um, so to expect like perfection every single time is like kind of unreasonable. Um, and I think that a lot of people take those, a lot of those little errors because they watch coverage so often that they take those little errors that happen and then they just like expound them to be like, oh, coverage is like watchy coverage is the worst. Um, also, I mean, like I, so I think it's, it's that, um, it's kind of, kind of a confirmation bias thing. And then partially, you know, like, for example, I can just foresee knowing how I work and knowing how like Rashad works, for example, things that Rashad is usually the, the technical producer. Um, and this is like, you know, myself being a podcast, being a, a producer of many media content, uh, types this is your office space so even though you reconstruct your office space every single time that you do an event if like for example you're using the same mixer every time and this is directly speaking to the audio issue you tend not to have to actually worry about it because like your office it's just the same every time you need it to be the same you know like you you uh you have the settings on your computer. They're the same every time. So you don't need to mentally double check them most of the time because they function every time you hook up the mixer or the, your computer. Uh, similarly, 
uh, I can see that being something that happened where he, where like you set the mixer up, you get all the audio connections all taken care of. And then uh, because it's just always the same, um, somebody messes with it or somehow one of the dials gets that's turned up or so, some setting gets changed um, and you have to deal with that. And it's unexpected because it's always the same. So that's, that's kind of what, uh, that's kind of where I, I see like that specific audio issue. Like maybe that happened. I'm not, a, I'm not a hundred percent certain. Um, I wasn't like, I didn't watch coverage and I, I was busy with my own stuff. So I didn't like hang out with the coverage people a lot, but I mean, uh, now the, the commentating, I, I, you know, I have very little, uh, insight into that and, and, um, what makes good commentating and bad commentating. Um, some people are more in tune to that. Um, beings that I just like watching the thing, I'm very much not, uh, sometimes I like whatever, like the, I, like I had to ask, for example, why Joe Buck was a bad commentator. And I'd have my friends explain that to me. And because I just didn't, I just didn't identify that. So, uh, but I do understand that, like, for example, different, uh, there are different goals for coverage. There are some, sometimes like coverage is meant for introductory players, meant to be a marketing tool to newer players. Sometimes it's meant for enfranchised players so that they can actually watch the thing. Like when you're watching a basketball game, they don't go over all the rules of the basketball game every oh, time you watch it. that is over and back. Um, over and back is when the ball goes from the forecourt to the backcourt. So there's a lot of, I mean, it's kind of a, we take it for granted because in sports, beings that like you play sports as a kid and everybody plays different kinds of sports and for the most part, that you just kind of understand it. You learn it as a kid. Magic doesn't have this luxury. We don't have different commentary teams approaching commentary differently. Yeah, but we they fucking have, should. I've said that like a hundred times before. Which, Jay, I actually like, really liked that suggestion. Yeah, like Dota um, is an 18 million, gave away 18 million dollars this year, and they had like seven different streams for the same game. Not only did they have different languages, they had different skill sets, they had uh, coverage that included like a desk with commentators versus coverage that included not an analyst desk, but just actual coverage. Um, they had a noob stream where they would say stuff like that. That's over and back. That's when you go over the line and back again. Like, they had super newbie coverage. They had, and like, there's no reason why you can't have that at a Magic tournament. Especially when they keep trying to push the fact that they want Magic to be legitimate. That's the main thing. Magic coverage is not legitimate. Professional Magic is not a legitimate thing. They don't give away enough prizing. Uh, the fact that no 12, what was it, 12 threes cashed, um, that's horrible. Um, the fact that they just constantly have all these issues all the time with every fucking GP. Um, and you're you're run by Hasbro. You are a giant conglomerate company. And this is also not new. This is not growing pain. You have been doing this for at least the last five years, probably more. These are issues that are easy to fix. Stop making excuses for them. Like, you know what I mean? I think that's a big problem when you say, you know, people can kind of take these issues and then kind of compound them into, you know, one issue that maybe isn't there. I don't think that's true. Like, I've tried to watch coverage on numerous times, like numerous occasions. It's the fucking worst every single time. I have never been able to watch coverage more than like five or ten minutes. 
it's it's either not appealing, it's like hyper boring, or there or like Jeremy said, like how can you watch magic coverage with no life total, or with switched life totals, or you know what I mean, like or without knowing what cards do, or like why why is it 2016 and there's no hand cam, you know, or there's inconsistent hand cam? Why is that a thing? It's 20 fucking 16. Figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I uh, to specifically to the life total thing as someone like that's my job. Um, I can tell you that like. Uh, it it really sucks when it happens. It it sucks for for like one of the things that kind of was that's a kind of bummer to see them do less coverage, like less events, is that like part of when I was when I was starting to do this uh, in the more official capacity, like working for Watsi, it took me about it took me about two or three events to really feel like I got the grasp of it. Because really, if you think about it, like two or three events, like you're 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 working a new job. How long do you think it takes you to get used to that job? Well, a that's week. A bad, that's a bad example because my job is skill trade based, so it's the same time in and time out. Like if I'm a sportscaster and I go from casting sports to casting sports, then it shouldn't take me any time. No, I, I'm just saying that, like for for this for my specific thing, my specific oh. situation, for example, um. You know, you have like a skill, like it's a skill job, like where you have to, you have to like, you have to watch a different bunch of things. Like you're kind of watching four different matches, but you're doing, doing stuff on one while interfacing with a computer and paying attention to what's going on in the other ones. And then you're communicating via the, all the people that you have to communicate with. Like there's a lot to learn. It's not an easy job. Um, and so is the, is the issue that there's, they don't consistently have the same technical people. Um, that's what I was getting at is that when you take away events, it'll, it does not allow the event, uh, the coverage people, the coverage crew, um, to get enough reps in to really stay like, stay, stay experts. Like, I know that like, for example, it took me two or three shifts, two or three events to really, to really get it all down and make me feel confident. And that's that's literally six shifts. That is six days of working. Yeah. And you don't have yeah. like you, you, there's no on the job training. It's you do it, and then you just you keep you like like they show you like we learn how it all works, and then it's like okay, time to do it. So that's kind of what what I I think it is in that specific like the life total thing. Um. Is that it? Just it just takes a little getting used to sometimes. And I'm just confused. I'm sorry. I'm confused. So <laughs> you're saying that? Is... Like this is my understanding of how coverage works. You have people that talk on a screen, and then you have a table judge, and then you have a technical person that does technical stuff like life totals and putting like fucking names up and moving like the quadrants around on your Twitch. Correct. Um. That's. They like you don't do anything. The graphics person, the the table judge that you're talking about, he doesn't have anything to do with the Twitch stream. He literally just inputs all of the data right. that you see on the screen. So like live titles, names, deck archi- archetypes, right. match results, okay, so uh, what, round number what, stuff like that. Right. So what you're saying is that that person doesn't have enough rep that they don't know how to write a life total. In. And I'm not saying that facetiously. I'm trying to make sure that, that I'm clear. I, I'm, I'm saying, saying that like. It's difficult to get a, get the hang of it sometimes. 
Yeah, but it, this is literally just data entry, right? This is like the guy's life total is twenty, and then he gets hit for two, so you make it nineteen, right? Um, it is. It's not that easy. It's well, okay. It's, so, so maybe that's the issue. Maybe we assume that it's easier than, or that it's that easy, and it's not. So, what is how how is it not that easy? So My, you're watching match A, for example. You have to write. You have to pay attention to the game, to where you're monitoring everything, at, like all the life totals, for example. You have to make all those adjustments. All at the same time, you have to be cognizant of what's going on in the backup feature matches, as well as the the match right next to you. So oh, so it's one. It's one person that's doing it for like four matches. Correct. Well, that's stupid. Why don't they get one person per match? That seems well, like an you, easy it's fix. it's not necessary. Well, obviously, because it, I can see that. Yeah, like if you have like I prided myself because I I felt like once I got I I've made some mistakes early on, but once I got it, like it's it's you just you just do it. Um, right. I mean, I guess like it it seems necessary in that if they're making mistakes like this and it's costing them viewers, that it seems like you should have more than one a one to four ratio. Yeah, but my big thing is is that it's not necessarily like the 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 challenges that you're presenting are legitimate challenges, mm-hmm. and that's that's great because it's good to know what are the challenges that are involved. The tough part is is that on a weekly basis, we're being presented with an alternate product that doesn't seem to be hindered by these same concerns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, and that that's like, that's that's kind of the part that like is that that's the part that I'm kind of getting at is that like why why is that product why is that product better than the flagship product? I mean, uh, having not worked for Star City in that capacity, I can only speak so much to it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, like again, you can't speak to it, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but. That's kind of again the why is it why why are they getting better why why are they doing it so much better how are they doing it so much better why hasn't why why is Wizard yeah. not able to and it's, do that it's hard to not assume that it's just the same old same old you know it's oh hey why is why is MTGO a piece of shit software from 1993 oh because of all these actual problems well why is every single program that's come out since MTGO better than you. Why is that? Your Magic is supposed to be the best like CCG on the planet. Um, it easily has the most players and makes the most money, I would assume. Why is a new game like Hearthstone fucking crushing you? And why is it stealing all your players? Well, you know, it's really hard to input life total. Okay, well, hire two guys to do that job. You pay them nothing anyway. You pay them in fucking judge foils, or pay them in free... En- like. You know, like you're not paying them money dollars. Like, why? Why is this so difficult? And and why isn't Star City having that problem? Why isn't the stream at home on Twitch in front of my computer having that problem? Um, it just doesn't. I mean, seem, I think that like doesn't seem Star like a City. It seems like a. It seems like a way to. It seems like a way to say that there's an issue. Um, but it it's not. You're not. It doesn't seem like they're actively trying to solve the problem. So you know, I, I'm not saying that it's not an issue for sure. It sounds like it's a problem. I mean. Could I just jump into a GP and track four fucking games of Magic? No. I don't even know what Magic cards you're talking about earlier on the show. Um, but, like, it doesn't sound like they're trying to solve the problem either. It just sounds like they're saying, 
you know, there's a learning curve. So instead of trying to solve that learning curve problem, we'll just, there's a learning curve. Go deal with it. Yeah, I mean, I can't really, like, I can only speak for my own thoughts and my own, my yeah. own theory and my own perspective. I mean, I know that, like, Star City, like, that team, like, they, they, they are chiseled. Like, they are, like, I think every member of that coverage team, from the graphics person to the commentator, they're all, like, sal- like salaried Star City people. So, like, they have consistent, like, they're doing this every week or every other week. They're, like, just consistent crew. Like, nothing really changes. Uh, and uh, I know that, like, so, for example, one of their crew members... Uh, Shoebox, their technical producer, he is a, he's just a machine. Like, I've watched him work. It's absurd. And it's, it, it's like a talent that you don't see that that's pretty rare, to be honest. Um, I've been, like, super impressed by him. So, and, and you know, I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses and stuff for the... the... No, I, I think the important thing so, to come out of this is that Wizards has got to get their collective asses out of their, uh, or heads out of their asses, and they got to give you more work. And then make it. <laughs> yeah, like if a guy is good at it, why would you start hiring other people that are bad at it? That doesn't make any fucking sense. I mean, it's not. It's, <laughs> I don't. I don't think that they're doing that. I just. I don't. You know. I. It's. I don't know. It's not in my hands. So. Yeah. Um, is it, a, it? Is it a culture thing? I know that also that like so for example you guys talk like we we often compare this to like our coverage to like ESPN or whatever people go, like oh ESPN is like great and like all this other stuff. The thing is, is like they, they are not paid by the NBA to cover basketball. They're paid by advertisers. Yeah. But you know what? Maybe you could be paid by advertisers too. If you had the caliber of show that anybody who does a real product could produce. Like you work, you work like this is like saying like, okay, the NBA started in, you know, 1980, they bought their own TV channel. And then the guy at home with a ham radio is, better at coverage than them because they hired guys that don't know how to play basketball to do their coverage. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I like, again, you are absolutely correct. There are issues here. The issues are real issues for sure. But if I feel like there's easy ways to solve these issues, we just came up with 10 different ways. And why aren't they doing any of them? You work for the mothership. Like these issues should be the star city issues. It should be the opposite. Star city should be the ones that are like, God, you know, official coverage, we have to try to, you know, we have to try to be better than the official coverage. Nobody wants to watch the NBA commentate on the NBA because they're, you know, because they're so good. We, we, we should try to take away viewers from them because they're so good. Not, nobody's going to fucking watch this, so we could hire, like, Bob Johnson to do the coverage probably and Fucking probably, Bob Johnson. You know, fucking Bob Johnson. Like, and that's how I feel. Like, I would, I would, I would rather watch literally anyone stream a GP than official magic coverage. Hmm. Well, yeah. in the words, yeah, I, in the I, words of you... the dude, that's <laughs> like your opinion, man. <laughs> to me, like, Matt, you, you talked about the, the salary, then that's where I, I see that uh, fully. Like, Cedric, that's his fucking job. Like, 24-7, basically. And the Watsi, like, maybe, like, the point is maybe they should be uh, putting some of these people who like have like a full-time position of someone that has something to do with the M- I guess the content website as well as well as doing 
covers like someone like Cedric or something because I'm although like the flagship because they make the game they're supposed to I guess have have uh, the better coverage in our eyes but I always I still to this day expect SCG to have the better coverage just because I know that their entire staff is like you said filled with salary salary people that are working on it and every single aspect of that um yeah you like, just like you gain so much like seamlessness right you like before. have a staff that does that every week together we're just there's just this flow that's just hard to hard to like replicate when you are changing changing staff you know it's like oh i work with i work with bob today and not steve so bob and i like bob and steve uh, steve and i have like a have a chemistry that that like makes us work super effective but bob and i we don't have that chemistry yet so you just have to kind of fall back into it it's it's i don't know that's that's like why star city is is fantastic and before they were just like when the first year of scg live they were just bringing in like part of the like i love the guys some of them are my good friends but they brought in like random podcasters as part of their commentator staff and some of them didn't weren't very well received so um, but now they have like Cedric and like always doing it and it's his livelihood and I know it's his livelihood. Whereas a lot of these people, they're just like, okay, let's just, sometimes let's just take this streamer guy and let him commentate a GP. So I feel that's totally different. And for me, it brings me a totally different level of expectation as well. Yeah. I mean, like Cedric, for example, I know one of his personal goals is to like work for the NBA and there's just a different, like he pushes himself probably to a different degree than like perhaps other people. I don't know. Yeah. And I agree. I actually completely agree that there should be, I love the idea of there being different streams for different players and geared toward different things. Cause like I love modern and I love that. Like I would love a stream where people go super deep on like how to do all like like the meta and like how like in match like what's actually going on but like that turns modern is not a friendly new player friendly format like it's just not there's tons of moving parts and tons of old cards and i don't know you just can't please everybody i guess Jay, did you do anything? Uh, I played Cube. I made like a big change. Well, not a big change, I guess, but I made a significant change to my Cube, and then I played Cube. But that's about it. And Cube kind of sucked because, of course, like lately, I don't know what's going on with my Cubers, but like they're constantly just fucking canceling. Like, like people, like people that play Cube with me know that I don't tolerate that. Um, and they know that you need six people to play, and they've all been canceled on, and they all hate it. So. Um, but all of a sudden, the last two cubes we've done, we've had two people, like, one person cancel at each of them, so now you're playing, like, a five-man fucking cube, which is, like, kind of shitty, um, kind of, like, it kind of sucks, so, um, but yeah, it was fine, like, it was, uh, I had an okay time, like, I got to play with Fast Bond, I've never played with Fast Bond before, it's a pretty <laughs> good magic card, I still lost, but, you know, I, like, but he went turn one uh, soul ring. I went turn one fast bond land metamorph your soul ring. And then I was at like 11 life. <laughs> so 
He just like untapped played Hero Blade Hold and killed me. I was pretty disappointed with that. But uh yeah. No, I just I just cute. That's about it. For magic. Nothing exciting. Right on. Same old boring stuff, yeah. So boring. <laughs> okay, so we still do we uh we're a little under two hours in. Do we want to do the contest from the week before last? Sure. <laughs> well, the, the kangaroo court. Yes. The question mark sure was good. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Everybody go to... My dog's having a nightmare. It's go awesome. to the uh, 266 page. <laughs> Can you hear this? Yes. I mean, look at this. Like, we've got. How long have you guys been podcasting? Like every, like every week for a while, and there's still this bullshit dog in the background. But I'm okay with there being better podcasts than us. (laughs) If you want like a quality, well-produced show that doesn't have hiccups, listen to limited resources. If you want something entertaining, listen to us. Like, Manor Deprived has been a website for how long, and they still have problems with their comment section. (laughs) <laughs> you want real good quality stuff you go to Star City <laughs> what a fucker <laughs> alright everybody there yes Yeah. okay my answer is yes so what we'll do is we'll just read the comments and then go down and kind of like agree or disagree uh, the arguments sounds, sounds good so, uh, KYT, why don't you go ahead and read the first one? Okay, it's the first one that I, on top, is by Joel Clark. Random pull, cliff runner behemoth from Conflux. Haste and lifelink? Look at that picture. Dude needs, has trample while you control a mountain. He's totally crushing all those tiny, tiny people on the way down the cliff. Maybe he's too slow on flat ground, but downhill? Crush, crush. You mean it's yes. gravity? His argument is gravity. Okay, nice. Well, you can't really argue well, with that. That's and a, momentum, right? That's a science fact. Gravity is a real science fact. I've heard of it. Actual science. Once, okay. Least. I agree with that. So Actual science? Good. So, Cliffrunner Behemoth, are, is he saying that, like, it should have trample instead of haste and lifelink? Um, I think maybe... I don't, he's not saying instead, it's not clear if he means instead, but he needs cast trample while you control a mountain. I don't know if he means an additional um, ability, because he's, like, in the picture, it's a rhino, like, the momentum obviously makes him trample over people. Um, yeah, I kind of like it. Okay. You know, I, I can see the haste coming from it, because it starts at the top of the mountain, and it works its way down the mountain. Maybe you know what it would be but better. But it doesn't just have mountains around, right? Like maybe yeah. it doesn't have trample because it needs to go down a mountain. Like it starts you know, at the top you know of the mountain. You know, be a better argument it's is down. that it had to attack every turn because it's falling down a mountain. Yeah, but it gets to the bottom eventually. Yeah, that's when it dies. <laughs> so it should okay. be more like a lightning, like a lightning, or like have less power. What like the next turn? Like maybe it should be like a plus O plus O something. Because it starts off with like all that momentum, but then it hits the bottom, and then it just doesn't. Yeah. So, so the like, kangaroo. Does it look court... like it has like tough legs? 
Kangaroo court ruling is that like this is too of a too much of a vague argument, and so you lose. <laughs> okay. okay. I think it would be funny if it said Cliff if if it had the first sentence where it has haste as long as you control a red permanent, and then I think it would be funny with the second sentence that says has trample as long as you control a red permanent. Just because I like the idea of it repeating itself, but I just that's more funny than anything. <laughs> All right, next. Okay. Jeremy. Okay, I'm on the wrong episode. I'm still looking at Polish Tamale. Oh my god, come on. This is really important to me. All right, Jay. We'll just have you read it. No, we're going to wait. We're going to embarrass Dark Slick Drake? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Xbox 360's Duels Edition? All right, I'm looking that up. Yeah, me too, because that's fucking deep. Magic. I didn't there was one of those even. Dot info. I don't even see the pasta. I don't uh, see that uh, promo. I think maybe it's the same car, and he he only plays duels. Huh, okay, <laughs> would be the case. That that is very fair. Let's see. What is he using? Definitely a zombie in addition to other, so I can target it with cool revival. Bad argument, I think. Uh, no. Uh, I, I, I don't think that it's definitely a zombie. Because, um, like, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at the one I can see. If there's another one, then maybe I'm wrong. But the one that I can see, uh, it kind of looks, like, skeleton-ish. But doesn't look zombie-ish. Like, the whole thing about it is it's supposed to be some Phyrexian thing that the, the Phyrexian shit's gotten into it. So maybe it's all jaggedy because he's all fucking metally and shit. Um, but I don't think that makes him a zombie. Uh, I could see him being a skeleton and then like skeleton related cards affecting him. Uh, something along those lines, but I, I get nothing zombie ish from this guy here. There's nothing fucking falling off of him. Like he's got some <laughs> crap and everything like that, but I don't know. Maybe he just took a shit and he got some on his wings. Like could have been in a bad flap <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah, maybe he's like, like a shitty bird. Yeah, like he just, shitty you bird. know, it could even be debris because I think there's a dude hanging out of his mouth. Maybe that's the dude's shit that's like hanging off the back yeah, end of it. Like a big guy, bird. And she hasn't bird. like focused on the heads, and you know, like the 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 comedy of your father would tell you that. Oh well, if it was a zombie, it'd be eating his brain. But you know, it's definitely biting like the lower midsection. So I, I don't know. I think that that's like a super soft argument. Like that's yeah, something K. I think you should have haste if you control a red permanent. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, Jay, what's the next one? Uh, the next one, like, or are we just going straight down? Yeah, we'll just go straight down. Yeah. So Zachary Cooper. So Sea Eagle, the eagle is diving to eat a fish, so it should have when Sea Eagle enters the battlefield, you may destroy target fish creature. Counterpoint. The flavor text says where air meets water, fish meets talent. So in fact. You should only be able to destroy the fish if I control an island. Kind of fair, I guess. Um, I don't know if it should be a destroy, but I think that you should definitely get like a first strike, like deal damage equal to its power to the fish. Yeah, I, I don't know. I like it. I, I like. I think like you a, should be able enter to... the battlefield, deal one damage to target fish. I'd even let it FTK because like FTK was just like a tongue. This is a talon. Talon's Maybe it's like deal one damage to target creature and like deal four damage to that creature with the fish or just, well, yeah, yeah. No, I think no, it's... No, no. I, I, think, I think it should destroy a target fish when it enters the battlefield. Is, it, because... But is that, 
Oh, yeah, no, but Eagle Talon. Okay, is not yeah, going to fail to pull its like it's gonna it's gonna like. I don't think I think it succeed. I think it's, I think it's deal one damage to target creature because eagles could attack other creatures. You don't know. Yeah, but it's not. No, but Shetty. But then also, if it's <laughs> if, it, it, if it's a fish, then it's like destroyed instead and put like counters equal to its power onto the fish because he ate the fish and got like healthy food. So power put power, power uh, counters equal to its toughness. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's the thing okay. is that that's not what we're ruling on. We're ruling on whether or not it gets to destroy a fish when it comes into play. Um, I'm okay with it. I, I agree. More damage, but I think that that's a fair argument. I think that the sea eagle is attacking a fish that it knows it can. It's not going to attack a whale. Like if it's attack, if it's attacking a fish, it knows it's going to kill it. So I believe in the sea eagle, and I believe he's going to succeed in killing the fish. So I'm I think re- my counterpoint would be is that this card can be bought, blocked by fish creatures without reach, because where air meets water, fish meets talent. Ooh. So I think that fish should uh, be able okay. to block this, even if they don't have flying. Okay, KYT, do you agree? Mm. I, I I really like what what Zachary had. Okay. So we generally agree. It should yes. be able to destroy it. Yes. Okay. Success. All right. So Max Roche, who, uh, by the way, sent me a very, very nice message. Uh, and I want to thank you for, especially for that. It was really touching. So um, he basically says as much as, uh, well, holy shit, I got one. That uh, was probably the <laughs> least creative entry of the bunch. But hey, a W is what matters, right? LOL. Uh, as much as I love pumping up the power level, my entry into Kangaroo Court is Defang. Uh, and uh, it's one white enchantment. Uh, aura, enchant creature, prevent all damage dealt by enchanted creature. I'm uh, pretty sure this should say Enchant a Vampire, uh, because the flavor is that if you take the fangs away, they don't bite you. Uh, even the flavor text mentions specifically vampires. Once vampires are disarmed, they're given wooden swords and forced to assist in the training of Midnight Duelists. Uh, now, the reliquary should not be fogged because his teeth got knocked out. He uses a sword. Ain't no VD fanging going to stop a sword, bruh. <laughs> anyway, love the idea of Kangaroo Court. Going to have, have to play with that rule wow. sometime. And, uh, Jay, it looks like you agree. Oh, one of my comments actually posted? Sweet. Technology. Yeah. <laughs> Man deprived did not fail you again. This was... I, I felt this was really good. Yeah, I, I <laughs> definitely... Wow. I'm impressed. I disagree with this based on a personal story. Uh, it's actually the story <laughs> okay. that I knew my wife loved me. So, uh, I have really bad teeth, and I couldn't... I didn't have any dental coverage, so I found a guy who took cash, a dentist who, like, operated out of his house. What which the is, fuck? Uh, is, That's not real. <laughs> yeah, no, it is real. This is, he actually oh had built into his house, and, like, he would charge me a discount if I paid cash. He wouldn't charge me his regular rates. What the fuck, Jeremy? And it was like super <laughs> sketch when I went to that place. Yeah, no shit. God he tried damn to pull it, Edmonton. Three teeth out of me in one day. Together. And uh, the, I have a, I, I don't freeze well. So like when he was pulling out the first tooth, he had to like freeze me a second time just to get the first tooth out. And the second tooth, like I was starting to feel it come back. And the third tooth, he could have very well been doing it without freezing, but I was in complete shock and everything at that point. So. Uh, he rips out my teeth, and then 
my wife's there obviously to drive me home and like i'm screaming the whole time it's awesome because he's like almost on my chest trying to rip my molar out and i'm like screaming because i it hurts but he just wants to get it out because he can't really put any more freezing into me and we either or we don't do it again right so I'm, like, losing my mind. I'm screaming. My wife's losing her mind. She, like, came to me, then she left, and then she went outside and sat in the car because she couldn't handle it. And when it was all said and done, I remember walking out and, like, totally, completely in shock on hindsight. Like, cold sweat, uh, heart beating crazy, feeling like I was completely lost and drunk and everything like that. I remember there was a lady sitting in the waiting room when I got out, like, the little waiting room that they had built, and she was white as a ghost. And I remember, like, like haphazardly kind of saying to her, it's like, Oh, it sounded a lot worse than it was, you know, before I, I coupled out. So I get out to the car and my wife, she's like, oh my God, are you okay? And I'm like, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm fucked at that point. And my wife, because my wife is just awesome at times, she sits there and she's like, well, I got to go to Costco to get some groceries. So she drags me to Costco. <laughs> oh my God. So I'm at Costco and I'm not really feeling great. I tell her, I just want to kind of hang out at the front over by like where they sell the food. And that'll be the thing. Now, the other thing I hadn't done is I hadn't eaten anything before I went to the dentist. And, like, I've got all this freezing in my face. And I was like, I'm really fucking hungry, even though I'm, like, completely fucked. So I decided in my better wisdom that I'm going to go and get um, a hot dog and I'm going to get some orange juice. Now, I've also got, like, a giant cheek full of, like, the, the, the gauze type stuff like that. And... I'm eating the hot dog, and I have, like, one bite of the hot dog, and I eat, like, one of the pieces of gauze. Like, I swallow one of the pieces of gauze in the first bite, and I'm like, this is a bad idea. So I throw the hot dog out. So I keep drinking my orange juice, and I'm feeling a little bit, like, queasy and stuff like that. And it might be all the freezing, because I think he ended up freezing me, like, four or five times throughout the entire thing. Like, with, like, the direct, like, putting the freezing into the open nerve, because, like, he had to use the direct freezing more than just, like, the stuff that they put into your jaw and everything. and. When he was putting the freezing in, he was just kind of like shooting it in. So I'm sure a lot of it was actually like squirting out of the hole where the needle was in and going down my throat. And I was swallowing a lot of it. So I was like completely fucked. My wife gets picked me up and we go back home. And I remember I get into the house and I'm not feeling very good. And I head over to the bathroom and I just start fucking hurling. I'm just throwing up all over the toilet and I'm just, uh, and the dumbass that I am, I close the door behind me. So I, I start throwing up, then I start screaming to my wife. Oh, no, what actually happened? I went home and I took a nap. I immediately went to sleep. And then I got up in the middle of the night because it was a later appointment at the, the sketchy dentist place. And my wife was already in bed. And I got up and I went to the bathroom and I started throwing up like a fiend. And I fell over and I, I, I pretty, pretty much like, I, I don't think I fainted. I don't think I lost consciousness. But I did fail. Like I fell on the floor and I'm screaming like drunkenly to my wife pretty much. Help me, help me, because I'm, like, completely losing it. Like, I know that I'm fucked. So my wife comes to get me, and she goes to open the door, and the door obviously opens inside the bathroom, so she clocks me in the head with the door. Uh, and I'm like, ugh, and I get up, and she helps me up, and as she helps me up, I throw up all over her, all over the sink, all over the bathroom, and into the toilet. Like, I start on her, and I spray the entire wall, and get it the last little bit into the toilet. And after that, once like fuck? hurling into the toilet, I actually started to feel a little bit better. Like I, I was like, oh, you know, like I think whatever it was in my system. So I like kind of wipe my face off, kind of like try to rinse my mouth out in the puke covered sink. My wife is standing there. She's just like has like she hasn't said anything. She's like, oh my god. 
So I sit there and she's like, go to bed, go to bed. So I stumble off to bed and I fall asleep to the sound of my wife crying, covered in my puke, cleaning up the bathroom. <laughs> and I knew at that moment that she absolutely loved me because no living being, no person should ever have had to put up with that shit. Uh, like there's okay. a lot of people who would have just this, like, this story has almost made me puke like many times. And also, <laughs> um, and this is better than a shit story. <laughs> so, with the concept, um, if I someone would rip your teeth out without, um, out uh, proper uh, anesthesia and stuff like that, you would be fucked. So maybe not all the time, but I think at least the first turn cycle that night of the reliquary would be fucking sat up. Okay, I just like the idea of a people coming up to you and asking you to sign their defangs. <laughs> I want to make that a thing, so let's yeah. do that. And yeah. then second, I think that it should just say, if Creature is controlled by Jeremy Schofield, he loses his next turn. <laughs> Hashtag get fucked. <laughs> Regardless, I think we all agree this is a strong argument. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Have I told you guys the story about, <laughs> like, eating... Um toilet paper covered in shit. <laughs> what? Have, have I told that story on the show? Oh my god. Okay. No? I don't think so. I'm glad that I told my story because it's leading <laughs> this story. <laughs> oh man. Okay. I'm trying to think. Okay. So... Are you the one-upper? Are you the, the one-upper? I think I just got one-upped. <laughs> I think I just got one-upped. Let me continue good story, talking. Oh, I need okay, to... good story. Yeah, let's go to the next one. Victor Roy. Victor Roy. Am I doing this one? Yep. No. No, Aldrazi Sky Spawner. Okay. Think the token should have either flying or indestructible because if the think if if the think about the spawn if the think about the spawn if really you think Victor, about it, the spawn is going to be born in the sky and will die on impact. Um, there's a counter argument though. You should read that. I think that it should just die on impact. So Sky Spawner just reads, put a token in a play, and immediately destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> I love the flavor of that. Yeah, that's uh, that really feels very uh, uh, Douglas Adams to me. Where it's yeah, like the infinite yeah, right? probability drive, and like the cow just immediately peers in the sky, and it's falling towards the earth, and where it's like the flower, just trying to think of what it is. Um, trying to come to understanding with itself before it hits the ground. Uh, I, I like to believe that the Sky Spawner wasn't born in the sky. That it came out of some weird Eldrazi egg or came out of like some pile of goop or whatever like that. And that that goop is the the spawn itself that comes out of it. Like It's like the leftovers. So I, I don't think the Sky Spawner just immediately like appeared into the sky. I'm sure it started from the ground, so I'm sure that's why the token stayed on the ground. It just flew away. Okay. So you think it should have flying or indestructible? No, I think that the token's just a fucking token. It didn't fucking appear in the sky. Okay. <laughs> and it should not die on impact. Why would it impact? It can't fly. <laughs> okay, so you're saying it's not... You don't think it's born in the air? No! Why would it be born in the air? I don't know. 
because the, that's what the picture shows. I mean, that, the picture doesn't show the birth. That would be kind of weird. But, all right, all right. So next one. Like, we are, we are going way too fucking deep into the tank on that Sky Spawner one. Okay, so Victor Roy and Jacob Schacht, uh, Schacht? Uh, oh, sorry. Get fucked. Get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> According to Jeremy. Uh, the next one, next comment uh, was the topic request for uh, me talking about coverage, which I, I did. do like the drinking game. I am for the <laughs> drinking game. Uh, if the next we do one, not end up playing in Toronto, that might be worth doing. Oh, we will play in Toronto. So uh, Scorpion says, I'm going with the card Titanic Growth. Uh, why does it give creatures pluses? Uh, that makes no sense. It's obviously for growing ships like the, the Titanic. Uh, it's even green, uh, the color of growing plants, so why not growing boats? Uh, therefore, it should be 1G, put a 2-8 ship creature token with island home uh, onto the battlefield, and if this creature blocks, is blocked by an iceberg, sacrifice it onto the battlefield. Uh, my opinion on this is that whatever the guy was smoking, drinking, injecting when he came up with his name <laughs> Scorpion spelt like that, He's still on when he came up with the argument for that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this one this one's way too deep. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the Titanic. <laughs> I like the I like the idea of it of doing something with Titanic. If there was a fucking picture of art that had anything to do with a boat, anything like that, even fucking Leonardo DiCaprio, I, I, I don't fucking care. But, like, even an iceberg. But I don't think any of the Titanic groves have pictures like that. All I don't right. think there's water on a picture. Give so, me a give me something. Give me anything. All right. So, Scorpion, I'm sorry. It's an uphill battle and you lost. Yeah. Uh, next Bugs comment. William Saylor, where he posts a uh, legacy deck he's been jamming. Um, the next comment, Jay, are you ready? Sure. Oh, it's Unzing. That guy hasn't been around for a long time. Uh, this lens of clarity. This card is almost there. You can look at things that you normally shouldn't be able to look at by playing this card, but seriously lacking in its ability. I mean, even Saruman could see shit going on miles away from Isengard by looking into his Palantir lens. This card should allow you to do a lot more. I argue that you should be able to look at everything you normally couldn't. You should be able to see your opponent's hand with this card. Their entire deck. Shit, you shouldn't even be able to see the dude's hand sitting across the store from you. And if by some circumstance both players have lens of clarity out of the table, even two players at the same store who are not playing one another, both players have to think out loud all of their thoughts like you've entered each other's <laughs> minds by both touching the lenses like this. Now I submit that this is great because that would be fucking hilarious. Okay, so so Max Roche posted a counter argument. You want to read that too? Oh, there's a there's a counter counter argument there's and then like a an counter counter counter. Okay, so Max <laughs> Duckman Roche. So, he said this is so good. He says, I think kangaroo court rules should at least follow the rules of magic. Interacting with other games and tables is something that only works in Silver Border. So I would say that this change could only be allowed during games and affecting games that allow Silver Border cards, such as Silver Border Base Cube. Edit. 
I would like to add that I agree with looking at the hands as well, but it would be against adding the library into that. You should only be able to know what your opponent knows, and that does not include the order of the library, and that doesn't always include the contents <laughs> of the library. Like, the opponent forgets how many forests are in their deck. Or <laughs> what the fuck? I think the change should be you can look at all face-down cards on the battlefield, in graveyards, on the stack, and in exile at any time. You can look at cards in an opponent's hand at any time. Unzink says, revising initial ruling regarding looking at library and looking at deck lists, of opponent and deck list of all players in the room. This is an agreement and sticking with the rules. As you can already always look at the graveyard and exile pile, that text does not have to be on the card. Idiot. Point of clarification, says Mac. It still says face down cards, which you can't see. This would allow you to look at what an opponent hit with a moss word bridge, which wouldn't be in their uh, update, which wouldn't be in their graveyard, Mac. Uh, this is, to my knowledge, no card that remains face down in the graveyard or on the stack, but this would cover that possibility. Um, no, I think it's great. I think you should have to play out loud. If ever two Lens of Clarities are in the same build. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so awesome. Oh shit, that would be just the fucking best. Oh my god. Oh, I have that to say, that so... would move it up the draft order. That would be so good. Oh yeah. I don't have any counter-argument to that. That is so good. So I, I think that the lens of clarity for clarification should allow you to see all the cards in hidden hidden in every zone. Yeah, hidden zones. Except uh the entire contents of the library. I think that uh playing with the uh the top card of your deck <laughs> revealed is like a lantern of insight thing, and this is not a lantern of insight. This is a lens of clarity. It only clarifies uh, what's there. Uh, I do love the idea of making an opponent or a player think out loud all the time. So I think that lens of clarity should just force your opponent to do that. I don't think it should have the uh, have to have the second. You know, if there's two in play. Do you think that if the player speaks a different language, they should be forced to have a translator present so that you're clear about what they say? <laughs> nope. No, you have to have a. You have to provide the translator. I've got the lens. The lens oh, is supposed to provide clarity. That's, yeah, that's true. That's true. You have the lens. Yeah. I, I think that the 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 onus is on my opponent to be clear to me. Well, you have the lens, but you don't have the Kozilek translator. So you can't. You don't have a translator. You don't. Have I, I think that's fine because I don't. A think library of Alexandria. Of you don't have. <laughs> oh god! Oh, man. Now the lens of clarity. I like the the artwork because you got like the crazy morph and it's like wearing its fancy morph clothes and then you can see the cat inside of it. What's inside the morph? Because the morph's all like on fire and shit, which is just right. weird. Lens um, of clarity. Let's look this up. Yeah. Like, it's like a picture of, like, the morph token, but then there's, like, hands with right. the lens thing in front of it, and you see that it's a fucking... Right, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. Um, I would have been really happy if he had thrown something in there that if it made it work like those uh, X-ray goggles that you found in the back of, like, an 80s comic book... Right. ...your <laughs> opponent would have to gear down to their skivvies. Like, they'd have to play in their underwear. Right, but now you're, now you're glasses, entering into, like, face They'd never get through underwear, but like... they could always get two underwear. <laughs> right. Right. Anyway, so do we agree? Unzink? Went, I think this person yes or no? is... I think they're reaching a little bit. I think if we're able to kind of 
bring it down to where Matt had it set, I think you set it at a, a fair compromise. I think as an arbitrator, uh, he should be happy with that ruling. Yeah. Okay, okay now, as a quick intermission to this uh, contest that is going to go on for just ever. Um, uh, we're, like, at the bottom four. We're halfway yeah. there. So this is, yeah, halfway. This is the halfway intermission. Let's all go to the lobby. So I have some hilarious stories that I was sent, and I haven't read a hilarious story in quite a while. So I will read one of them now and one of them at the end. So basically what we're doing, I'm assuming, is punishing Kyle for shortening yep. us last week. Yes. By sending him one that's a little Suck. extra long. Suck it, Kyle. So, you know, I'm pulling He's a long He's older day. and wiser now, so he can do it better. He's ancient, so it should be even faster. He's like Saruman. <clears throat> so I'm uh, I'm pulling a pretty long day, and you know I'm up at three thirty in the morning to get to the airport. I pull a full day working in a different country, and I head back to the airport at six. Pretty long. And I get to my bed late, late at night. It's been a really long day. There's nothing to eat uh, all day except for road food, and as a uh, like you know like street meat. Um, it's just the worst. So even the fucking business lunch I've been looking forward to is in a low rent cafeteria. Um, so I hold it together through the day. The occasional grumble silenced by fastidious willpower and an air of professional courtesy. But things are going pretty badly for my guts by the time I'm waving goodbye and getting into the airport taxi. Now, I'm used to taxis where you sit in the back, separated by a screen. But this is more of like a private hire situation, so for some reason I'm up front with the driver? Which is odd, you'd think I would just still get into the back, but I felt like I owed this guy something extra? I'm actually irritated that I'm still holding back this storm of gas that's been building through meeting after meeting with no opportunity for release. But, for propriety's sake, I don't let it rip for the poor cabbie. Turns out manners are a one-way street. We've been driving for about five minutes, and this terrible smell hits my nose. The cabbie has ripped one, and I can't believe it. My eyes are fucking watering. And he just carry on talking about the weather like it hasn't even happened. I figure he's probably pretty embarrassed, so I don't say anything, because I don't know, I don't want to embarrass the guy. But a couple minutes later, another one. Bam. It's fucking disgusting. I have to close my mouth because the air is <laughs> up. Like you can basically taste the cabbie's asshole. But then, then I'm just breathing through my nose. And that is helping nobody. It actually feels like it's burning me. My throat is closing. Above all, it seems so deeply unfair. I'm here maintaining some class holding back a part that could jumpstart a second universe. <laughs> but I'm still breathing the same shit gas as if I wasn't, courtesy of my filthy cabbie. I think, fuck it. If this guy goes in for round three, I am releasing my demons. I am letting him take the blame. We're five minutes out, and he parks another air biscuit right in my mouth. <laughs> fuck you, I think. <laughs> fuck you. And I do the deed. It's perfectly executed. A silent release of a full day of pressure. Every fart has been banked since 9 a.m., and I'm cashing them all in with interest. It's a silent rush of hot air. Compressed wow. 10 seconds. 10 full seconds of pure release. I'm almost surprised you don't hear my rusty knot hole slam shut when it <laughs> Oh, fuck. I'm surprised that you do not hear my rusty <laughs> knot hole slam shut when it finally ends. Mission accomplished. The perfect undercover fart. I know what you're thinking. Well, how did this go wrong? Why am I telling you this? Why would I send you this story? Didn't you gamble and lose? But I feel like you gambled and won. Didn't let out an incriminating loud trumpet fart. It was silent. 
probably deadly. He didn't puke, he didn't pee, he didn't knock his coffee in his lap or set the passenger airbags off. No, it all went according to plan. For a moment, I was proud. Then the smell hits. I have fucking undone myself. It's a devastating repost of what I have, or what, to what has come before. It hits all the usual notes, and it ends a hint of burning rubber for effect. It's a spectacular crescendo of wrongful aromas. I can recognize every awful thing I've eaten all day in the mix. It's a fart so carefully matured, it couldn't come without tasting notes, and they would have been one word in length. Don't. Now let me tell you, this was terrible. The electric... <laughs> the electric window slowly slides down next to me, and the cold air gets to my face. The cabbie turns to me with actual tears in his eyes, and he says, I am so, so sorry. <laughs> uh, for what? I ask innocently. That fart, he replies, eyes wide open, as if it should be obvious. I mean, jeez, everybody farts. We're only human. But that, I'm just so sorry I did that to you. <laughs> he leaves the windows down all the way to the airport, and he gives me a discount on the fare. <laughs> all the way home, all I can think of is, I stink so bad, I have made a cabbie apologize. <laughs> oh my god, kangaroo court, there you go. <laughs> Sun Tzu's the fart of war. The fart of war. <laughs> oh shit, alright. And this is like a total contrast to yes to last week's episode where we oh, go like super deep and mature and then yeah. this week's episode is just like oh, there's a shit story and you know, it's, <laughs> it's it's about the same oh, all right yeah. kyt you want to read the next one yeah seriously instead of you almost crying jay's almost cried <laughs> yeah the next one's fitting because it's uh a redo of one that i already did by drew oh yeah I was trying to pick a random card, then I realized that KYD did such a shit job, I'm just going to redo his card, but much better. Okay, so Dry Spell, this card is actually very powerful. Firstly, everyone knows that a Dry Spell is where there's no rain and all the moisture dries up, so the rest of the game, Islands tap for one generic mana instead of one blue. Whoa, I like that. Lands still have magic, it's just not blue anymore, only dusty generic magic. Seriously, everyone knows humans can't survive without water, so all humans... Creatures get minus X minus X, where X is equal to their toughness. They aren't destroyed, they just wither away. Thirdly, any creature that lives in a river, lake, bond, ocean, etc. can't survive without water. So for the rest of the game, blue creatures do not untap during their controller's untap step. And interview now. Hmm. <laughs> That's pretty I powerful. Mean, I mean, he I, destroyed me. I feel like so. before I could rule on this, I'd have to hear that interview. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I mean, Kyle's like, how many times do I have to insert? Yeah, I this really hope clip? that Kyle just throws like twenty seconds of that in. <laughs> well, how else can I can I accurately say? <laughs> wow, he there's like three sections to that, and each one of them is fairly convincing. I mean, I I'm impressed by some of these submissions, guys. I think that it it should not be the rest of the game. I agree I think with that. That's a little too insane. Yeah. Especially for a like, black... Seriously, there's a card called Wrath of God and it kills everything. It doesn't make everything dead and undo the game. Yeah. 
I like the idea of it making islands uh, dry. Yeah, dusty old island. So, yeah, I think I, I think it should also like destroy. Like, I like the idea of it affecting creatures that live in the ri- rivers and lakes and ponds and oceans. So I counter with that until the end of turn, uh, or until your next turn. Since let's just make it. A, let's just keep it a sorcery. Let's make it until the end of your next turn. Uh, islands tap for one generic instead of blue, and creatures uh, that belong in the water uh, can't attack or block. Because they don't have any water to move in. Because you can take a fish out of a water for like a turn, and he he can survive just when you drop him back in. But like they can't move; they just flop around. They can't really do their thing. Hmm. Well, see, yeah, like you know what? I I don't even want to come to a middle ground. I think that this person's bit off way more than they can chew. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Moving I would on. tell them to come back with something a little bit more reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> I do like their complete decimating decimation of KYT shit. I thought I thought it was really good. I actually think it's really good. So, Jay, you're the you're the. What do you think? Well, like I said, I this I can't make a decision on a verdict until I hear that interview. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought the blue into generic matters is really creative and. Uh, now that part is really, really well thought, Drew. It's a good job. Yeah, I like that too. So uh, we've got another point counterpoint, uh, counter counterpoint. Uh, Paul Whitcomb writes tenth edition Beacon of Immort- Immortality. If you want to look that up. Uh, first off, doubling your life total is most definitely not immortality, especially since if you happen to be at a negative life total, you do real math, uh, which is actually true. Uh, I think the problem with the card is that they got a little ambitious with the name. Uh, if you look at the flavor text, it clearly says 1,000 rays of light meld into one. Uh, therefore, I propose that Beacon of Immortality should instead gain me one one life 1,000 times. <laughs> uh, Max Roche count- counters with uh, 1,000 instances of gaining one life is not immortality either. I'll bring up the counterpoint that rays of light don't necessarily represent life points. Light encompasses all colors, and the word immortality implies the inability to to be mortally harmed. Therefore, if we are to make a change, the text I'd propose is, you have protection from all colors until end of turn. Uh, prevent the next 1,000 damage that would be dealt to you until your next turn. Uh, shuffle it back into your library. Uh, Paul Wickham counters, uh, protection from all colors doesn't necessarily give you immortality either, as artifacts or colorless creatures can still kill you. As I said, I think Beacon of Immortality is just an ambitious name. Uh, preventing 1,000 damage until your next turn is a worse fog, so for the mana cost, I think that gaining 1,000 life is a much better deal. Uh, I don't think the word immortality suggests the inability to be mortally harmed, but rather it suggests the ability to not die. Therefore, you can be damaged, but not die. Such as getting your arm chopped off, you're st- alive, but still wounded. Uh, think a healing factor like Wolverine or Deadpool, uh, the 1,000 lights referenced in the flavor text and the gaining life were a way to balance the card rather than make it something overpowered like you can't lose the game so what do we think of this argument 
I think that these guys are focusing on the word immortality and not the word beacon. Okay. Like it's it's just it's it's trying to attract immortality. It's 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 a beacon. It's it's a conspicuous item that's trying to draw attention. So like maybe you're just getting more life just by being near something like that. But that's all. Okay. Like, why would you get more? And the thousand lights and everything like that, that's fantastic, but whoopie fuck, it's thousands of lights. Yeehaw. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're it's focusing like, on immortality. Like They're not focusing on the beacon. I don't know. I just love the idea of gaining one, one life 1,000 times. So if there's a way that we can, I'm all for it. I I I, I agree with Paul. I think it should be one life, one thousand times. I don't know. I think I got to be the Scalia on this one. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad we have other people on this podcast to to dictate this argument too. Yes, so. absolutely. J K Y T. In this case, I'm not pro life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This is quite disappointing. <laughs> okay. This is like the boringest card of all time, followed up by three of the most boring arguments of all time. So. Okay. I would I would dismiss this case and I would award it to nobody. Card is played as is. <laughs> That's right. All right. I like Jeremy's the most. Actually, out of all of them. Okay. <laughs> I just got emailed the greatest shit story of all time. Oh, God. I like the idea of making this an artifact and renaming it Bacon of Immortality. So you can mm -hmm. tap it. It costs the same, but you, you tap it and you gain like 10 life or something. But anyway, neither are relevant to this one. So I'm sorry, Paul, and I'm sorry, Max. Um, you did a shit job, and you should be disappointed with yourselves. So Jacob shot, shot, shocked. Next one. Um, Kroos's attendant. Uh, first off, this is clearly Iron Man. Uh, so flying is a must. Even the Hulk booster armor has some flying capability. Secondly, he clearly has three of the Infinity Stones jammed into his armor, so he has to be more powerful. I'm not unreasonable. Of course, it's not unreasonable. So I will accept that <laughs> I will accept he become a nine nine flyer for five. His ability is dumb, so just remove that. Uh, if he truly is, and then Drew two thirty eight or two three zero eight says uh, counters with if he truly is Iron Man, he needs the leveling mechanic from Rise. Iron Man started out with a really shitty armor set, and over time it gets got better and better as he put time and effort, e.g., mana and turns into refining it. Uh, and interview now. Yeah, I actually love this. I love the combo of it. Uh, yeah. Because I'd never heard of this card before, and then I went and looked at it, and it's fucking obviously Iron Man. Like, See? I just want to look that up right now, because if you go and look at it, you will see that the artist, formerly known as Arnie Sweckle, just copied fucking Iron Man and put it on a magic card. It's Iron Man. Go look right now. Croesus is, is, is 
attendant. Yeah. Uh, formerly, formerly known as Tony Stark. Now, with this one here, I'm fine with giving him flying, but I don't want to give him all the other stuff in the Infinity Stones because I don't get, like, Infinity Stones out of this. I get, like, the cheap bargain knockoff that Grandma buys you when I look at this. <laughs> like, he's, like, the, the, uh, the no-name Iron Man that you get. Like, he would be, like, Iron Guy. Iron uh, Guy? Yeah. Iron, Iron Male. Yeah, or, like, Tin these, Man. I don't know. These look like you know. the Infinity Stones, though. They're, they're just stones. They're power source. They're regular but power. This, this looks more. This looks closer to his Iron Man suit in Iron Man One when he comes out of the cave. Yeah, which I doesn't agree. have flying. Yeah, I agree. But, like this one's got like the coloration, and the coloration in the movies at least was put on as like a coating so that he could handle like the high altitude flying. Yeah, so that's where I'm okay now, with flying. So maybe instead of flying, uh, well, so guys, okay, so flying is okay. But maybe instead of I wouldn't give him the nine nine and all that no. other bullshit. Maybe maybe he's just indestructible because that first set of armor he made was basically indestructible. Okay, so here's here's why here's my thing. I think that he is the attendant of a dragon, and yes, for, he should be a dragon to... is going to be a powerful. He's going to get the stones. I love the idea of it being a leveler. So I say that we make him the, hmm. a base five mana three three, and that his first level is indestructible. His second level is that he becomes a six six. And then his final level is that he becomes a nine nine will fly. I like that. I like that because you know what? Uh you're right. A dragon would have those stones. And a dragon would help you fly. Like that Cargan Dragon Lord is not a dragon, it's a knight. Right? Most people don't know that. But when you have full leveled up Cargan Dragon Lord, you have an eight eight flying trampling dragon, but it's still, you know, it can still block uh Baneslayer Angel. Right? But this isn't a dragon lord. This is a dragon's bitch. This is his attendant. Yeah, he's, there's but no he's way gonna, that this he's dragon gonna... is going to empower this guy to be stronger than itself. Dragons yeah, are jealous. Sure. They're greedy like that. Uh, this guy's a fucking tool. No, I agree with Matt. I, <laughs> I vote with Matt. Okay. KYT? Uh, yeah, I'm with you too. All right. <laughs> KYT. Suck it, Jeremy. So, Jacob Worst and Drew. Part is, he's not even trying. <laughs> All right, Jacob yeah, and Drew, you get you got the know. safe response. He says nothing, <laughs> and then he just like safe answers. Yeah, that's KYT. <laughs> KYT, grow a pair. Welcome to KYT. All right, who wants to read the last one? Jerry should. Uh, I mean, Jay should read it. because uh, I, I read it already. Yeah. Okay, so Druid's call. This lady <laughs> is clearly a squirrel whisperer. She's got a staff like a sheep herder, and is dressed like a druid. Druids are, like, super tight with nature. Shit. <laughs> also, the flavor text says, stuff for the little creatures, for they may yet rise up and beat the ascension. Therefore, I think this lady can, like, herd, like, a super massive squirrel army and make a giant tower of squirrel and then be able to, like, block, kill, like, a flying emerald. Emerald may have protection from green, but nobody can stop a million squirrels. Furthermore, look at them squirrels. they vicious as fuck. Those aren't some <laughs> vicious-looking squirrels. Those are some... Angry as fuck looking squirrels. <laughs> yeah, so what do we think? Druid's call. So he's saying the Druid's call should be a creature, maybe one that like taps to put squirrels into play. I, I don't know. This guy's rambling. That's yes. what he's doing. Yeah. He's rambling. He, he hasn't he actually uh... made like uh, what this card is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's acting like it's a creature, but it's not a creature. Like, this is a uh, this. So maybe, this so maybe is, again, this is a stoner comment. He needs to come back to core. 
When he needs he to come back with an organized, of, coherent yeah. argument. Yeah. When all of his paperwork, <laughs> when all of his paperwork is in order. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So what? Who's the winner? Okay. So who did we dis? We we basically. It's got to be between like lens of clarity. Lens of clarity, I think, got. Well, Zach yeah, Cooper got did, hit. The sea eagle argument. Pass. Zach Cooper's sea eagle argument got a pass. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Defang was good too, no? Defang yeah, was... got a pass. Max Crocus Defang. Defang. Yeah. Crocus yeah. uh, attendant got a pass. Yeah. Okay. Combined effort. And I'll draw his guy spawner did too, right? No. No, it didn't. No, it got no. countered. It got countered. So that's three? Process attendant was bullshit, but... Sky we got four. We got four. Okay, so four. So roll a four-sided dice. Well, we got to make a decision. Who do we think... Who do we think won? Okay, so what were they again? They were Iron Man? Yeah. D-Fang. D-Fang. Seagull. And your favorite... Lens of clarity. Oh, man, my favorite lens of clarity. It's got to be lens of clarity. Having two guys just yell their thoughts all the time. Holy shit! Whoa, my god, he's got two blue open. It might be a counter spell. Is it a counter spell? It might be a counter spell. But you can't stand wait for counter spell all the time because he's a blue player. So if he draws like another card, it could be a counter spell. There, you have two. Uh, but that doesn't seem like clarity. Like, I, if we're if we're if we're actually choosing the winner, I, I think that lens of clarity loses a lot of its power. It's got a lot of great ideas, but like we're empowering it beyond clarity. And I, I, it is a silver bordered card in essence. And I'm, I I'm, like I'm, the idea of playing magic as magic. Right. We're playing kangaroos court, but let's keep magic magic. Yeah. Okay. If, that's what I said. If this was a game. Like, if this was a game <laughs> and someone was going to call me over with a legitimate complaint and everything, like, like a, a, a case, honestly, I think the one that is grounded in the most, like, all right, would actually happen is the sea eagle. Okay, let's vote. I vote for Lens of Clarity. KYT? Uh, I, I vote for Defang. My vote is Sea Eagle, but Defang is my second. Okay, I will also say... I mean, my vote is for Iron Man, but I think <laughs> so that... We too, have a four-way so, well, no, it's defa- It's two defangs, and, no. and... It was one defang. Defang was a second vote for Jeremy, which for some reason yeah. he gets, but none of us get. It's not a second <laughs> vote. It's my backup vote. It's like when you go yeah. through the primaries that you have to drop off a bunch of losers and keep voting with the people <laughs> right. who pass. <laughs> right, okay, okay. Okay. So defang wins, is what we're saying. I'm yeah. okay with that. Ooh, who gave defang as their answer? Cause we but might Zach want- Cooper, you the man. Yeah, well, we might not want that guy to win, though. Who is that? <laughs> Ma- Max Roach did. He doesn't yeah. even have a picture. Yeah, Max Roach has a picture. Oh, Max Roach. And his name is Duckman in the middle. I hope that's his real name. Yeah, okay, he can, he can win. Sure. sure. You you even yeah. replied fucking A, right? Like, that's... Yeah, that, yeah. That, like, oh, honestly, my God, it's okay. The that it's the only that's one fair. that mana-deprives comments that's just to match that through. I think that that's... Oh. Destiny, nope, that's really fair. I wrote a comment on almost every single one of these. Some of them actually were really good that I've forgotten them now because it was a fucking it was eight days ago. And uh no, but totally I wrote fucking A right for approach. <laughs> so and it's the only one that's saved. So yeah. That's he win you win, Mac Broach. Send us your address and shit and we'll send you, I don't know, some batteries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll see if I've got those teeth that they ripped out of my face. We'll get, we'll get Jeremy to 
sign a foil bee fang for you. <laughs> so I have uh, I have just one. More. I have well, I have two more stories. One's pretty quick and one's pretty long. Which do you want me to tell both, or would you want to only hear one? Uh, let's do one, and then we'll save the the other one for the next one. Next time. Okay, so we'll do we'll do the short one, and then the long one. Yeah, we'll save. <laughs> we'll save for next time. So I'm just gonna copy this so that I remember where it is. Because otherwise it will get lost in the abyss. Okay. Alright. So I lost a bunch of weight recently. I was a pretty big guy at the time of my wedding. And as a result of the weight loss, my wedding ring is now a whole lot looser on my finger. So perhaps thanks to my new sexy physique, the missus and I were about to get it on today. With a devious glint in her eye, she suggested, how about anal? Excellent plan, of course. I got the lube. I used a copious amount. Now, you gotta take it slowly. First, gently, with one finger, and then two. Finally, my index and middle and ring fingers were all lubed up and in there. Good time. This is why Wizards of the Coast doesn't give us interviews. Just right. wasn't it there. Right. <laughs> Good times, I said. After my lady was sufficiently warmed up, we were happily banging away, and as I got <laughs> her fine ass, I noticed something. Something missing. Hey! My ring came off, I said. Ah, it's probably on the mattress, she replied. Not on the mattress. On the <laughs> ground? Oh, no. With a hint of nervosity? No, it's not on the ground. Then it dawned on both of us. So my fingers went up there. Yet my monster dong had already pushed it far beyond reach. I spent a good ten minutes with my hand up my wife's butthole. I even... <laughs> I even tried to lighten the mood by doing my best goal in a impression and hissing, My precious, give it back to us! <laughs> she was not amused. We finally had to give up on the search. She drank four cups of coffee over the course of the next hour and made her retreat to the bathroom with a box of rubber gloves. From the living room, I heard an explosive splattering sound, followed by a faint, Oh my god. After half an hour of scrubbing, she handed me back my ring without making eye contact. So now, whenever I look at my ring, I'm reminded of the vow I took to always be at the side of my lovely wife on the day of our beautiful wedding ceremony, and how this particular piece of jewelry was violently blasted out of her asshole amongst <laughs> torrents of diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm glad that these are our listeners. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> we want to we must have the precious <laughs> oh, fuck he's good okay so for our contest next <laughs> week we'll, we'll uh we'll run back to the uh I like the idea of doing kangaroo court again except what I'm oh, going to do no oh, more boo. better boo how about boo. shit story court send me in a hilarious shit story the best one gets read on line and is hilarious. That's way better. Okay, fine. We can't do the same. You can't do the same fucking contest twice in a row. That's so boring. Okay, Jay. How about you come up with one? I just did. Boom, roasted. No, better, better, better. Magic themed. Write a a shit story fanfic involving magic characters. But it's gotta be good. Like, don't make it outlandish. 
<laughs> Certainly not as outlandish as Golem. <laughs> uh, oh, thanks for listening to the A Team episode two eighty seven. I think it's uh, like eleven. We uh, yeah, it's episode eleven. But uh, Next also we twelve. We'll talk to Patrick Chapin about the Magic Cruise. <laughs> Hey, oh, I won God. the coaching from that on eBay. Oh, how did it go? I don't know. I never cashed it in. <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting that fact. And interviewed. And you've said it. You've said it multiple times too. Uh, I remember when I came on after Vancouver, you guys were like fixated on that, and I was like, "Ah, uh... <laughs> that was me." I was like, "What?" <laughs> oh man. Goodbye. So, uh, uh, f- fuck you, Jay. <laughs> so, I did, I wanted to do some some house cleaning from last episode. Uh, we had a bunch of really great comments. Um, I don't believe KYT did we re- receive any stories or anything that that um I didn't receive anything. No. Uh, that was that was like uh that we want they wanted to read on air or whatever, but. Um, we did receive some really good compliments, um, both in person at Detroit, as well as uh, on Twitter and uh, the comments. Like, there's 30 comments on this last episode. Uh, thank you all very much. Uh, we really appreciate that you enjoyed us really just kind of burying our souls and talking about some real heavy shit. So, um, one of the Ben, for example, talked about uh, in Detroit talked about how it's important that a lot of people that not enough people talk about this stuff. And, uh, he said, you know, he has friends that, that like go through this shit all the time and really just, uh, have the problems that we have kind of talked about. So, uh, he, they, he, uh, I believe it was Ben, um, was excited that we, we kind of reached those topics. So, um, I encourage you all to go read the comments uh, on this week's episode. It's a very good, very cool discourse, um, uh, different perspectives, and uh, you know we may we may delve into it next issue or next episode. But um, I just wanted to thank you all for allowing us the opportunity to to talk that talk to us or talk about that stuff and reconnect with Scotty and check in with him and all that. So, um, and then moving on uh, to Toronto, looking forward. Uh, we have a number. Uh, I believe the the number will be eighteen hundred Cana- uh eighteen hundred uh American, and then whatever that is in Canadian. Um, it will cover my flight as well as Jay's flight, uh, as, as well as our entry fees, and then uh, some money for meals and whatnot. And uh, what we're going to do is I'm setting up the GoFundMe between now and Thursday. Uh, the URL will be in the show notes as well as published on Twitter. So be uh, look on the lookout for that. Um, if you would love to donate, we would greatly appreciate it. We really want to make this a uh, fantastic thing. Uh, we'll post all the detail, relevant details on the GoFundMe about what we plan to do in terms of, uh, in terms of content creation while we are there, but we are streaming. Uh, we are definitely going to do some audio pieces while we're on site uh, as well as interviews and stuff like that. So it's going to be, fantastic and i'm excited that we have uh that's that uh we'll have that set up for you guys by thursday so we can do better than this we can we can give away shit too if oh, you yeah, have well, a we, donation 
we'll be giving away stuff. There'll be contests, I'm sure. Uh, we're also going to do stuff like, you know, random draws for you to be able to, like, for example, play in, like, the Magic 18 Cube. And yeah, get yeah. With us and stuff like that. So. And I think, Jay, you want to do the dinner with duel, dinner for duels thing, right? Absolutely, whatever that is. And that... KYT, what is that? That's a partner tournament, right? Yeah, yeah. There's, I think there's many. There might be a solo one, but I think uh, I, I think usually, both of them were two at a giant, if I remember correctly. Yeah, either two HG or just team sealed, where your entire team or your entire team of two get to go to medieval times, Jay. which is the best ever. <laughs> I sat in the front row, and there was a fucking Merlin, and when he shot Lightning Bolt, it was a fucking fucking firework that came down from the sky. It was amazing. Okay, so let's do something. Do you guys like 25 bucks? 25 bucks isn't a little amount of money. It's a bigger amount of money, but I think 25 bucks is pretty good. And if we do something really cool, yeah. like one of the prizes, I will put up an Expedition Verdant Catacombs. Wow. Oh, sick. But I you're only in the draw gonna... if you give 25 US dollars. I'm going to donate my own 25 US dollars to win that. That is great. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I have... I have Unopened packs right here. Uh, so they're, if I open an expedition, I'm uh, uh, more than happy to throw that in as well. Um, yeah. Let's 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 do some cool things. Let's do some cool drafts. Let's get you involved in things. Let's let's do some cool ass shit. Make sure that when you're putting your money in, you get a chance to get some really cool ass shit. Oh, but I'm really hoping that if you're going to be at the event, you can come and hang out with us. We're going to yeah. do again like things that are going to let you do that. And if you're not at the event. I want you glued to your fucking computer on Friday, watching us getting all kinds of fucking shit, making everybody. Oh yeah, because like we even thought about doing like a fucking Periscope slash like helmet oh, cam. Oh, one hundred We're going to be streaming a all day in the life day. of the A team, and I'll just stream. And if you guys don't want to do day. it, I'm doing it. So fuck you. Yeah. If you have right. suggestions, <laughs> if you have suggestions for stuff you want to, just let us know. Like, it, there's lots of stuff that I probably haven't thought of. So. Yeah. yeah. Like, we could play some Secret Hitler. We oh could, shit! Or code names? Or oh yeah, man, that kind of oh, stuff. Camera, oh, my we can so fucking hard. play magical card <laughs> and play werewolf. We'll play fucking quarters. Like I don't fucking care. People yeah, have a good you... time if we're having a good time. I was thinking, yeah. like, wouldn't it be awesome if, whenever like people were on camera in the background, people were recreating like popular movies? Okay, like doing Jurassic Car Park with like cardboard cutouts. <laughs> like, why the fuck not? Like, let's yeah, just right? fucking have fun. Yeah, let's do it. But we can't make it happen unless you guys give us the fucking goddamn money. <laughs> fucking goddamn money. Yeah. I want the fucking <laughs> And I just read you I'm going to put up my shit. shit. I've got some good shit here. Two and I'm going to put shit. it up if you guys have put it up. All right. So, yeah. Uh, due to Detroit, I haven't had the time to uh, set up the website and give you a definite URL in the podcast as we, were, we are recording Monday night. Uh, but by Thursday, we will definitely have that all up for you and ready to go. Uh, thank you all in advance um, for your donations and for making this happen, man. Uh, this is going to be fucking awesome. A nice reunite, uh, reuniting with Scotty and uh, you know, and then in, in a fun time with the new guy. So uh, that's, oh, that's going to be exciting. Oh, shit, I forgot about MG Karaoke, too. Oh, somebody oh yeah, absolutely. All that shit's some, going on. Like, if you were able to get there a day earlier, I think that yeah, yeah. there's, like, some things that somebody, are going to go on some, Thursday night. Somebody, if not many people, will win the right to have me sing whatever song they want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, that's nothing. I'll fucking crank that out. Yeah, I, 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 but we need you to sing Gaston. Uh, that's not in a whole new world. <laughs> Gotta start it up without some uptown funk. That's right. Uptown <laughs> funk you up. Uptown funk you up. <laughs> All right. All right. I, I have to actually go now. So somebody end this recording. <laughs> Thanks for uh, listening, and uh, please oh. go donate. Uh, let's make this. I love TV you. Uh, Thanks. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.